0: Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Happy motherfucking new year, 2022. Today's episode I recorded last year with Brian Helm in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Plaza Hotel. Dude, what a rad spot that is. They were filming some show. Brian was telling me about how rad it is. You know, the The front of the plazas, you've seen it in all the movies. It's got all the fucking lights. Uh, You know, Brian's a photographer. He loves that shit, dude. And, uh, man, so do I. It's at the end of the strip where all the fucking festivities happen there in the old side of Las Vegas. Anyways, the last morning before we took off, I got to sit down with Brian. And, man, I've known Brian for years now since, uh, man, since... I think I met him for the first time at Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival, the very first one. And what a fucking beautiful guy Brian Helm is. And he's the one that caught the photo of me jumping the chopper. He's got some epic shots of me sliding the chopper out there at Loretta Lynn's, And uh, man, just a fun fucking dude. And a lot of things have happened since I've met him. And he's seen some things. He's gone around the world taking photographs of some of the raddest shit. Um, and I learned a lot sitting down with Brian. You know, it's, uh, I think, you know, I, th- I think we talked about doing a podcast, or at least I brought it up, or at least was thinking about it fucking four or five years ago. And, you know, every, time's our pa- every time our paths cross, it just didn't, work out until now. I made it a point that I was going to sit down with Brian and I because I wanted to learn some more about him, and uh, I got to do that, and I'm glad that I was able to record it so that you could sit down and enjoy it with us. Brian Helm, thank you for coming to Vegas. That motherfucker rode his bike from New York to Vegas to help us capture some of the fucking, dude, just epicness that was the Mint 400. On an iron head. I want to thank the whole Safety Third Racing team again. But let's get into this podcast. (laughs) So today's show, well, first off, that was Extermination Day with Thou Shalt Not Hassle. Thank you, Zach, over at Heavy. Check out heavy.bigcartel.com for your badass heavy gear. Um, dude, this is what, the 10th or 11th? This is the first podcast of the year. I missed the first week. This is a day early. Normally, I do them on Wednesday. Today is Tuesday, I believe. Uh man I've been in the mountains with my good buddy Jake and Big John. We've been elk hunting uh northern New Mexico, camped out right on the border of Colorado. It was brutally fucking cold. We were outsmarted, outclassed. The uh you know, the weather pattern for this year, this season has been extremely well, I guess it's kind of like last year. It's just been dry. You know, not a lot of snow to get the elk where we need them to be to make this hunt a little bit more, uh to make our hunting a little bit more effective. We did find some. There's probably six within this giant area that we were allowed to hunt. And, dude, they are not dumb animals. But, dude, it was fucking cold. The first night was negative 10. And, uh... Dude, we lost all our water. It all just fucking froze. It, uh, you know, a little humbling situation. But anyways, that's what I've been doing. Me and Jake recorded a podcast yesterday in the truck on the way back. You know, we started off talking a little bit about the hunt, then choppers, and then, you know, Jake just fucking, you know, all you got to do is wind that motherfucker up, and he goes. And we also talked about doing a monthly show, me and him. You know, maybe me going to Browns and uh you know him critique maybe not critiquing but I don't know talking about like the shows that we were that I record that month or put out you know any any comments or questions that may uh, trigger him if you will I don't know just recap each month talk about the next one and uh just some back and forth banner between me and And Jake, and possibly some others that we do once a month, almost like a monthly recap show, you know, where they ask me questions, um, you know, about everything that's happened that month. And, uh, anyways, I'd love to do something like that over at Brown Cycles. Uh, Brown Cycles has been around for 50 years. This is the beginning, I think, their 51st year in business, family owned and operated the whole motherfucking time. They were the first shop that I was able to feature with mcshopteas.com, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. It was a privilege for me to be able to get those guys on the roster and start this program off with them. Uh, Really, really badass. I mean, they set the bar high. This this month, January, is going to be my friend Chris Graves up there in Milwaukee wisconsin he's got a company called fast eddie tool co and he builds the fucking baddest specialty tools for your v-twin and uh dude there i mean i think the slogan's like tools that will outlast your grandkids i mean serious tools for serious mechanics and uh it's rad to feature him and him and his wife recently Kristen opened up a bar called the bad moon saloon so we kind of did like a combo t-shirt it's uh it's pretty rad. It's definitely different than any shirt we've done in the past and I can't wait to get those out to you. Those should be shipping. I don't know. This slow this year's getting off a little bit slower than normal, but uh dude, this is there's a lot going on on this t-shirt. It's pretty good. Pretty fucking good. Go to mcshoptees.com so you do not miss another month, dude. Uh recently I started sending Liam to all the shops to take pictures. And I'm going to work on a blog on the website. I'm also doing some rebranding. Things didn't happen as fast as I would like. I was hoping to launch it all this year, but, you know, I got to get it right, dude. Um, But it's a rad thing. T-shirt every month. We've got men's sizes, women's sizes, kids' sizes. Each each T-shirt comes with a postcard that tells you about the shop, where they're located, and what they specialize in. So... Pretty fucking rad deal. Go sign up now. It's uh, 25 bucks a month. You can pay monthly, or you can buy three, six, and 12-month packages. So whatever is easiest for you. Um, dude, we got some dates, too, coming up. This is uh, 2022. The schedule's filling up fast. As soon as I get back from this weekend, this last weekend's hunt, uh, I'm going to sit down with my wife and, like, Put some pin to the fucking calendar. But here's the dates I've got on the calendar so far. Mama tried March 4th, 5th, and 6th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I talked to Scott last week, and I believe if everything goes to plan, I'll be in Florida racing the Sons of Speed with Billy Lane and the, the Bull Midget Racing crew out of Metairie, Louisiana on a 1942 flathead tank shift. Fucking speed demon, dude. Uh, I got a lot to do on that one, man. I got parts coming in. Fucking the wizard's got my wheels right now. I just fucking left him. I, I need to go talk to the wizard. I just kind of fucking left a pile of shit at his place. But uh, working on that, and I talked to Scott, and he was like, well, if you can't come this year... Bring the bike to the show next year. You can have the ba- the race bike in the show. So that's fucking rad. I really appreciate that, Scott. Uh, so hopefully, not this year, but next year, I'll be able to display this race bike and then uh, race flat out Friday in Milwaukee. But if you're not going to be in Daytona, you should be in Milwaukee March 4th, 5th, and 6th. The weekend after that is the Mint 400, March 9th through the 13th in Las Vegas, Nevada. God, fucking two, three, fucking—that's a lot going on in the first couple weekends in March, uh, April. The Texas Fandango, April first through the third. Me and Jake were talking about that yesterday. What a fucking rad event that is going to become, and or already has become, dude. The past two years have been great. Um, has it been two years? fuck, I don't even know. The Texas Fandango at the Gillespie County Fairgrounds, Fredericksburg, Texas. I know the boys from Louisiana plan on coming in. There's a swap meet, there's racing, antique bike show. The roads around Fredericksburg are amazing. If you want to come to Texas, this is the time to do it. Texas Fandango, April 1st through the 3rd. After the Texas Fandango, I got the Mezcal Moto Rally. I need to get a hold of those guys, like, stat. April 8th through the 10th, we're going to race from Austin, Texas, down to Oahuaca, Oaxaca, Oaxaca, Mexico. God. Uh, May 19th through the 22nd is the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival. That's right, and they're taking it back to their roots this year with some real redneck hillbilly racing. That's right. Um, Seems like I just saw a post this morning, Buck, was saying that Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival got voted the number one event in 2021 by Cycle Source Magazine, the Reader's Pick. So that's pretty fucking cool, seeing that event grow the way it has. Uh, it's where I met Brian, today's guest. It's just a rad spot. Loretta Lynn's Ranch went through a lot last year with the flooding in Tennessee, so... Be cool to see what's changed And uh, you know, pay our condolences To the ranch manager And you better have that one On your fucking calendar Born Free is going to be June 25th and 26th uh, August 10th We're doing throwing a party At Bulldog Creek in Sturgis That's right Sturgis, South Dakota August 10th I got to come up with a name I got to get on that dude I talked to Brian about you know, Brian's going to be there. We're going to fucking, the one thing I do know we're going to do is we're going to build a fucking jump for choppers. Like, and we're going to get Brian Helm to take your photo, jumping in your chopper. You scared? Bunch of people talk shit about wanting to jump their chopper after seeing that photo of me jumping mine. You know, I'm going to give you your opportunity in Sturgis, August 10th, Bulldog Creek. August 26th and 27th is the Virginia City Roundup. Dude, what a fucking... Can, dude, a, a rodeo and chopper show? Come on. You got to be there for that one. That same weekend, the Nomad Run is happening over in the UK. So check out the Nomad Run on the gram for more information about that if you're on the other side of the pond. um, Dude, I don't have a... Well, I got a bunch of shit going on and a bunch of updating to do, and that'll be the beautiful thing about the uh, the new show me and Jake start doing each month. And uh, anyways, this is the last episode that has anything to do with the mint. We talk about the mint a little bit more at the beginning of this, and then we get into, uh, you know, Brian's history as a photographer. Dude, he's he's. He's found himself in the right place multiple times. He's been going to Sturgis for a long time. He recently just started writing, even though he's been going to Sturgis, I think, since 98. Really fascinating story. Even more fascinating guy. Uh, I love you to death, Brian Helm. So here we go. Wait a second. Before we get into the show with Brian, I got to tell you about the Patreon, DangerDanceTalkShop.com. There is a Patreon link where you can sign up to donate money so that I can keep this show on the road. And by saying thanks, or the way I say thanks is giving away badass shit, dude. Uh, I don't know what we're going to give away this year. I gave away a shovelhead motor at the end of last year, and that's fucking rad. And it went to Florida, kind of like the bike that we gave away a, a few years before that. Uh, so we're giving away a f- The big prizes have been a, a fucking full-on flat track sportster. We gave away a trip to Nepal thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. Dude, and we're going again. We're going again in November, the first weekend, the first week's trip in November. We're going back, so go sign up. Uh, more details on that to come. But uh, we gave away a trip to Nepal. I gave away a shovelhead motor last year. What are we going to give away this year? I just don't know. I do not know. But the sooner you get signed up, the, fucking, the more chances you're going to have. And every month, we give away a $100 gift card to lowbrowcustoms.com. So make sure you sign up. Dude, Lowbrow's got all the shit you need, dude. And it's wintertime. Get your shit ready for the spring. I'm telling you. You've got everything you need to maintain your bike, build your bike, and keep it on the road. Lowbrowcustoms.com. All right, now, for real, let's get into this podcast with Brian Helm. Two friends. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> two friends that had one hell of a weekend, too. Yeah. And you fucking rode all the way from New York to get this thing started.
1: Yeah, you know, I've wanted to. i always had the Mint 400 on my mind, and then I know we talked about it last year. You know, I was like, didn't didn't work out, but just, I made that phone call to you, and you're like, yeah, are you going to be racing? You're like, I'm there. I'm like, fuck, I'm coming there, too, then. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, yeah, this
0: I, year, uh, there wasn't, you know, last year I planned quite a bit ahead of time, you know, like at least that I was coming. Everything didn't really fall into place until like the last 30 days. And then, uh, Carl, since Carlos built the bike this year, you know, we were going to do it at the beginning of the year, COVID kind of shut it down and, uh, you know, it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind until a month ago when it got serious, like, oh, fuck, this is coming up. But not having the bike like in my presence, you know, it was like, it seemed like everything was last minute and it all came together so fucking beautifully as you got to witness and be a part of, mm-hmm. you know, the team, Awa showed up a couple weeks ago, you know, a week or two before that, I hit up Nick and I was like, do you want, do you want to go? Because we definitely need a hand. And he was like, fuck yeah, I want to go. I'm like,
1: he, he's oh, a solid right hand man for sure.
0: Oh dude, he absolutely is. He, uh. He helped us. Oh, back in March or something, me and uh, Carlos raced a hare and hound race in Lubbock, and he came out for that. And once again, we had to, I brought the can am for that, thinking it would be handy, but it's not. I mean, the can I guess it, it was kind of handy out there. He got to go to a different, couple different places, but that, I think that one's, that thing's getting cut. You know, it just seemed like a fucking great machine that I have access to that could be useful, but it just hasn't.
1: Yeah, it depends on the course, I think, and their regulations and stuff. Access it. points, you know, it's just for like, sure. If it's a little more not wild Not everybody left.
0: has one of those, or you, know, you can't get to most of the places. It's all, you know, like that place in Lubbock was a private ranch. So, you know, once you get to fucking drive around during the race. And I get it, you know, especially like this race we were just at. <clears throat> There's a lot of moving parts out there, you know? The more they can cut down on people, you know, racing around on shit, I
1: get it. Exactly, and they didn't have every access point blocked off and stuff, like, there were some roads we were crossing, like, in the back side there, that, like, you definitely had to look both ways. So you are going across a live track. And oh, dude, no well, what was crazy
0: is those, the markings. Now, it took me a minute, but there'd just be, like, a big X on a white paper. And I'm like, is that, like, don't cope me, like, what is now given I probably should have looked at all the signs that they sent us in the emails ahead of time, but I didn't. So I get I mean it was two or three of them. I'd see that X and there's also arrows pointing forward. I'm like what the fuck? But that was a road crossing. And there was lots of those where there wasn't anybody there to like make sure there wasn't traffic coming. <clears throat> now I imagine most of the off-road community or people that like are gonna go off-roading out there you know, know that the mint's happening. And, like, if there's any company that was going to rent vehicles to somebody, it's like, hey, there's a race going on out there. Well, as cool is, like, the off-road apps I have is they, you know, you can just pull up trails on the map. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, there's trails over there where we raced, right? But they got with those apps, so a couple days before the race, the race course showed up on the app. You know, not only for the racers, but probably to let people know who may just be out off-roading that that's a live track right there, which I thought was pretty good. I mean, I think this is a, the Martelli brothers have done a great job of, you know, coordinating, like using technology and promoting and marketing. And they're just doing a lot of things that I think are pretty, you know, pretty, uh, what would you call it? advanced or forward thinking mm-hmm. like sort know. of on point on point yeah I mean, i've been impressed both years and to do it here that's oh, cool
1: yeah it was a good time I, you know it's pretty enjoyable and there's just so much to see i wish it could be in so many different places at one time but. <laughs> i
0: know that's the thing is it's not a good spectator sport yeah. you know like and it's not you can't just like Walk around the track. That's why I kept thinking the Can-Am was going to be fucking clutch, you know? Mm -hmm. Have you done any desert racing shots like that before?
1: Am I trying to... Not not like something like the Mint 400 or, you know, there's a couple that were always on my radar, but I haven't uh, really jumped in. This was one of the the first big ones. Yeah, I mean... Mostly stuff's like on a track or you're in the dirt, flat track and stuff, but nothing so like... stuff
0: that's more contained.
1: Yeah, nothing so like grandiose as this.
0: When, and this kind of racing is tough to promote because it's not a spectator sport, right? So I think having <clears throat> as much like media as they can is so beneficial to them, you know, mm-hmm. to, like, to sell merch online, to, you know, to generate money mm-hmm. to make it worth their while in doing it. <clears throat> One aspect I never thought of is like, you know, they're obviously selling sponsorships to make this happen, keep the race going, and to make some money. Uh, But also brands attaching themselves to it to, like, create content or, you know, I mean, it's kind of what I'm doing, but, like, bigger brands like Harley Davidson, you know, like, it would, I mean, I don't know how they do it, but it seems like if I was them, like, yeah, if you you can sponsor, like, if you're not going to sponsor the race, they don't want you to come out there and make a big video associating yourself with the race, you know, like hey, our product can do this.
1: Yeah, you're sort of like uh, piggybacking, like milking it a little bit. too. Yeah, right? I mean, with, which is, I mean. But no risk res- of
0: But I hear that. I'm like, well, fuck, that's kind of what we're doing along with having a good time. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's a tricky deal. Right? Yeah. They were stoked. We went and talked to one of the Martelli brothers last night and got that second medal. Uh, pretty fucking rad. Yeah. Pretty fucking
1: rad. Yeah, you, did, I, you guys did good, though. It was, I mean... I'm glad you finished everything else, a little fabrication on the bike. I mean,
0: honestly, that is a testament of luck and Carlos's, uh, you know, building skills, because we fucking, we abused that, though. <laughs> well, know? I do
1: have some good before and after photos of that bike. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you know, that course was, dude, it was, it was pretty fucking brutal, man. Pretty fucking brutal. It uh And you know, and I've been talking shit. Carlos didn't get to ride at all the last time. And you know, I smoked the bike before I finished the lap. And uh, you know, so he he definitely underestimated and I kept telling him, dude, it's fuck because we rode this shit in Lubbock, we've done some other things and he kept going, man, that was tough. And I'm like, dude, that is th- we we never were able to ride anything that ever came close to what the race was like. So then, he does the first fucking leg, and it was like fucking 20 miles, and he shows up, and he wasn't smoked, he was stoked, he was like, get on the fucking bike, keep going, and I'm like, what the fuck, you know, like, I just didn't expect that, I'm like, no way, did they, because they also changed the course this year, like, this was almost an all-new motorcycle course, so I'm like, well, fuck, maybe it is easier, you know, and then I get on the bike, and I take off. And it was fucking brutal, right out of the gate. Like, everything I remembered, like, I'm like, what the fuck, you know? So that's when I decided, like, Carlos has got to race this section. Like, he, like I can't, you know, the, the original plan was for him to get back on it at, at the the finish line pit and ride the same section he did before, yeah. but...
1: I think it's better that you got, each got to experience the whole track. I think it is, too. Of course. I mean, yeah.
0: sure, I would have loved to have been the one to start and finish the race, but you know, worked out otherwise. And and I'm glad he did. I mean, he fucking built the bike and that's really, it doesn't matter how good a rider you are if your bike can't, you know, complete that shit.
1: Exactly. It's part of the team.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Carlos spent some fucking time on that, dude. He's a, you know, we're two definitely, we're definitely different kinds of builders if you even want to call me a builder. Uh, I'm glad. I was stoked. Pretty proud of Carlos putting that thing together.
1: Yeah, it was a good bike. Pretty
0: fucking sweet. And then everybody, you know, like the whole team. Like, you know, last time I didn't have, I mean, Carlos was there. Uh, Bear from Old Bike Barn sent uh, a camera guy and a truck and some gas money, you know, which helped out a ton. But yeah, I was out there wrenching. I showed up to Vegas and was still building the bike. It was different having a wasp. They're still, you know, fine tuning the carburetor. I wouldn't fine tune like if my car. The fact that my bike was running, like that's where I was stopping. You know, well not this time where it's running, but wasp is still wanting to tear apart the carburetor and get it, you know, running even better. Like which it wasn't. It just got worse. But I don't know. I think it was the bad gas yesterday. Anyways.
1: The Pedialyte like bad guys? No,
0: no, no. That was... <laughs> by that time, it didn't even matter, but... Yeah, it was just running fucked up. Like, it was not... I don't know. I don't know. Recap will come. We're going to get back to Texas. And that's another thing I'm trying to figure out how to do is, like... Do recap podcasts with people that I do things with, you know? Like, when's... Curating the best moment to like rehash everything. You're know, like, it would have been great to catch a lot of stuff that happened yesterday on audio for a podcast, but mm-hmm. like for us to all sit down and do it, you know, definitely not after dinner.
1: You know?
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> we were smoked and full, <laughs> and like that was it. uh And then today, you know, like, fuck, we already talked about all the shit yesterday. I don't know if it would be as like, colored, you know, so I think maybe, maybe a week from now, we all get back together, you know. After, that sounds a good time. And then, and then we'll try, we'll try that. You know, I'm still winging it. You know, I've been doing this for five years and it still feels like I'm trying to figure out how to do it.
1: Well, I learn every day. Can't go wrong. That's exactly right. I'm never going to
0: stop learning. When did you start learning?
1: Like photo-wise, I guess you mean? Or, like, just uh, being an idiot through life kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Still working on both.
0: <laughs> oh. So I learned some things about you this week. Some I already knew. Some were just reinforced. Like, you're Canadian. You're Asian from the waist up. Some European.
1: Um, yeah, Japanese and Indonesian.
0: Japanese and Indonesian. Mm-hmm. You've taken pictures of fucking... Uh, rodeos which i don't think i've ever seen maybe i have seen some of that on your...
1: yeah i haven't i haven't put too much of it that's a whole another side project yeah you know, it's like you know the cowboys that's you know they're on a different kind of horses so to speak right from that that's the exactly community. right they really are and a lot of those guys they're super badass like just heavy metal just pure craziness like the chuck wagon drivers and the you know the bucking bronco guys and you know what's cool is
0: to go to like those chuck wagon cookouts
1: yeah yeah you know where they like gathering they cook everything
0: it's like a cooking competition but you got to use everything from the 1800s or something oh shit, yeah you know, gotcha like, or technology that's not past the 1800s <clears throat> they do this one downtown or the stockyards uh the red gall gathering and it's fucking great dude it's great Just oh that like, sounds good these dudes all with their chuck wagons they're digging holes building their fire pits hanging out full fucking clothing Pretty
1: interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I love that stuff. Like I've I've had been pretty lucky to get a lot of good access, like uh, into the into the barns and like just all the behind the scenes stuff like that, and like sort of embedded with some of like the First Nations dancers, you know, and then the powwows and stuff. And I've befriended some of the, the the chiefs and other guys and dancers over the years. So yeah. They, they, they just take me around and just you know tell me all the stories about the regalia and the bustles and the um, just all the stories behind each all the materials they put into their their, their dancing regalia and the costumes stuff. Well, it's regalia, not costumes, but yeah, this is really cool to see. And then imagery, visually, they're so cool, right? Fucking stunning. And all the all the specific dances. And so there's
0: the, a lot of native uh, history up in Canada.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Where did you grow up in Canada?
1: I, I was in like Calgary, Alberta like for on the west, west side for like uh, 12 years. Okay. Like my dad is originally from there, but then.
0: So I, that's on the west side?
1: Yeah, sort of next to British Columbia. On the other side of the Rockies, like above Montana. Yes, yeah,
0: so, and you've been, and you live in New York right now.
1: Yeah, for 20 years. But I, I grew up in Asia, like I was born in Singapore, and then I Get lived Get the fuck in, out of here. Yeah, and I lived in Lagos, Nigeria for three years, and then Jakarta for six years. And then, and then I moved to, to Calgary.
0: What age did you move to Calgary?
1: When I was 12.
0: Damn, so that was some pretty informative years.
1: Yeah, except I can't... The beginning. Yeah, except I grew up in Jakarta, so I can't, you know, I got to Calgary, I can't skate, no winter sports, right? So yeah. I was just like, I grew up like literally soccer, baseball, and rock fights in the streets in Jakarta, and then now went to get to Calgary, just snowballs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how did... What, what, did your family just travel around for work? Yeah,
1: my dad was working with oil, oil business back then. Oh, yeah. So he just get transferred every five years, six years. But then when I was 16, he got transferred to uh, Libya. And then my mom said, no, I don't want to take the kids there. (laughs) Yeah. Those are like Gaddafi days and all this craziness and stuff. So we just stayed behind. And my dad would just be out of town every three months and then come back for like a couple weeks and just be on rotation. Oh, wow. And then, uh, so then that's when I went to art school in Calgary.
0: You got so you got siblings?
1: Yeah, younger brother. Yeah, he makes like cool furniture, high end furniture. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: So they have an art school in Calgary?
1: Yeah, uh, I was Alberta College of Art. Okay. Because I was, you know, I used to play a lot of sports, but then I just would rather wanted to be a photographer.
0: Long term, so. sports yeah. are fun, but
1: yeah, not a good good uh, college or university with a good baseball program and an art school.
0: Yeah, they don't do that
1: together.
0: <laughs> no. No, probably not. So was it always photography, or did you do other art as well?
1: Yeah, paint, paint. My mom is an artist, so she, she was doing everything from macrame to Chinese brush painting to oil to sculpture. So I was just was in art classes since I was, like, five years old or
0: nice.
1: after school and stuff. And, and, you know, it's, like, some something based art-wise. What was the
0: school system like in Jakarta?
1: Yeah, it was actually really good. It was an international school, so okay. they had um, all the foreign... foreign Kids, the expats, students going there—it's pretty well funded. There's the Jakarta International School, um, so it was cool. That's pretty wild. And then I could play sports all year round. I'd play like soccer for half the year and and baseball for that for the next.
0: Soccer is a great sport for kids. Mm-hmm. Just fucking run. Go over there. Go over there. Run. Just run back and forth. Yeah, exactly. I remember when I played soccer at that age, I had a fucking hard ass coach who ended up becoming like a friend of mine. Uh, I think it was Kevin. Kevin James, I think it was. But I swear, he would. we would show up to soccer practice, you know, we got an hour of practice, and he would, like, say, hey, why don't you get there a little early, do some, you know, run some laps, you need to, you know, get in condition. And then practice would start, and he'd be like, all right, we're going to run for, like, the first 45 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just run laps around the fucking soccer field, uh, which is very important in soccer. Yeah. Like, you know, like, if you can run the whole fucking game, well, you're gonna beat the other team, you know. Like if they can't
1: run the whole, yeah. Game. they're they're bagged and gassed,
0: yeah. They're out of
1: gas. Yeah, that was. I mean, that's a
0: pretty good approach. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter how good you are. If you can just kick the ball around and then run the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, that was that was that was a great way to. That's just a great transition to all sports. Is like. I got fortunate with coaches growing up. I had mm-hmm. really good ones that just like pushed the boundaries. Yeah, me too. Taught me mind over matter. You know, like you, it's your mind's what's going to slow you down and stop you from doing almost anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Uh I even applied yesterday, like seeing some of those obstacles. You know. Yeah, you need that
1: grit and perseverance to power through, right? And yeah, just like just, that,
0: just go, You're like can. stable
1: mindset and just. It'll be better on the next on the other side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and one thing uh, I kept that kept going through my head actually, uh, this guy named Carl and Nick Farringer, cycle electric. They they've said they made a comment. I can't remember who it was first, but like, you don't ride to an obstacle, you ride through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. Because and I would catch myself like looking at a rock coming up, and I catch the rock like thirty yards out there. But then I'm just like looking at the rock until I'm about to hit it, instead of like just knowing the rock's there, and you know looking beyond it. So I kept thinking, all right, ride through this shit. Don't don't ride to that obstacle. Just you know ride through it. So that was good.
1: Well, that's sort of like a First Nations sort of uh, metaphor kind of thing. You know, like the, that's like be like the buffalo, right? They're the, the buffalo. They see a huge storm on the horizon. You know, it looks really gnarly. Instead of going to it and turning around and meandering around and running away, they just run straight through it. And they deal with the storm and then on the other side it's always the best weather. Really? Right? So why waste time, just go hammer straight through it. So it's like life problems or whatever, or even on the bike, you know, on the, on the road. Yeah, I just go right through it.
0: So did you, were you riding in Canada when you went to school?
1: No, it's like, I, I didn't start riding a bike till like, few, two, 2019 I got a bike. It was my first bike. Come on! Yeah.
0: Dude, for real?
1: <clears throat> yeah, because I was always, you know, photographing and, you know, making friends and stuff. I was always on the other side of the, you know, chase car on the back of a bike shooting or whatever.
0: So you were shooting motorcycles before you got one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I got into the bikes at, like, 98 was my first time in Sturgis. And then just sort wait, of...
0: Wait a second. You went to Sturgis. You've been going to Sturgis since '98, and you got your first bike in nineteen.
1: Tw- yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's My that's my first bike.
0: Oh, that's so fucking awesome! How the fuck did you go twenty years without doing
1: this? I don't. I don't know. It's just like it was, oh, it's. was sort of. Well, it's very crazy roller coaster story. But I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I got the license like, I guess like 2016, and I was you know living in New York. Didn't have the best places to, to park a bike and stuff. And then yeah. I should get one. Then it's winter. And then just and then like three years yeah. later. And then
0: okay, let's just go back to '98 first. Sure. How did you get the Sturges in '98? What took you there?
1: Well, I was in I was in art school at the time in '97. Yeah. 90, and I, the camera store where I'd go to, um, one of the, the guys that worked there, his name was Dario um, Dario Argento, not the same Dario Argento, Argento filmmaker, but. Um, He was the coolest guy, but he was he was a biker, and he would uh, take uh, real eight by ten negative portraits of his uh, all his biker friends, and then they're in their shops, sort of like you, but like uh, old school camera wise. Yeah, yeah. it's going going to his buddy's shops. So
0: specifically, a picture of them in their element.
1: Yeah, basically with their bikes in the shop, and then but then he also would go to Sturgis, and he showed me these pictures from Sturgis, like you know, the bikes, Main Street, people partying. super awesome characters. And then my eyes just popped out of my head. You know, I'm like, holy shit, this is like the coolest stuff. So then I, I went the following year in 98 with uh, my friend Mark, we just like got in his Jeep and we drove down and then, you know, camped in someone's house or in their yard. Just you know,
0: found one of those signs in somebody's yard that yeah, said camping for $10.
1: Which is sort of funny. It's actually a few few houses away from where I stayed this last year was that, that original year. The original spot. Yeah. 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 So then I just was walking around with my Hasselblad and my, my cameras and just, like, shooting portraits and stuff. And just, like, it was, I was getting some pretty cool stuff. Like, just, you know, I, I thought at the time. And stuff that I've still, you know, use in my archives and my books and stuff. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I came back with that. Just all, like...
0: So were you are sh- shooting film back then, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like 120 and 35 mil. And
0: now were you, uh, like, were you, uh, what do you call it? Developing it? On your,
1: like... Uh, printing it, yeah. Well, yeah, the black and white I would I would process, but like in my art school though too was like we would do we'd even process our own color and um, E six negatives and, yeah. and slide, and then but I'd also color print and color black and white.
0: So my granddad, I grew up running around his film shop. He had you know he did did I don't know develop film for people, printed out giant things, took like uh, he had these giant fucking machines. I just never forget like running around the studio you know and he would have he had like a studio where he would take portraits for people yeah Uh, but then he had these fucking giant machines. i don't even know what the fuck they were i don't even know what the machines were now i just remember him having giant machines in this place i was like and he retired not long after my memory gets better
1: (laughs) yeah
0: yeah sold all that shit but it was right about the time like that shit was probably Starting to become irrelevant so like, I don't know. Yeah. Early '90s is probably when he got rid of all that stuff.
1: Yeah, that might have been like Cibachrome machines too, right? Stuff like that. Like Maybe. The, yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. But a lot of
1: it's a lost art. Yeah. You know? I imagine.
0: I mean, that shit's long gone.
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. But it is satisfying, you know, to capture and then, you know, develop and print your own the work. Yeah. But like, but now it's like it's a lot of digital capture. But then I, we make size as negatives for like from for the shows that I do, and then we do a traditional print. It's just an extra step. Gotcha. Yeah, but
0: so ninety eight at Sturgis. Yeah. Going down with a friend.
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh, two, I went back in two thousand and one, <clears throat> and then that's when I uh, was it two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one, and then also two thousand two. But then I um, went by myself, and then I you know I sort of recognize some people that I'd met previously. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what always happens. I, you know, I photograph someone, you know, and then come back and then, you know, see them again and say, hey, you know, I'm that Canadian kid or whatever, you know. Uh. <laughs> I was in my 20s, you know, like... Just.
0: So when, the first year, did you just walk around Main Street? Did you, like, go to... I mean, what was Sturgis... I mean, yeah, where did you go? Did you just stay on Main Street?
1: Yeah, it was, like, Main Street, and then... I can't remember if it was. I imagine
0: that that's, like plenty of overwhelmingness and yeah, stuff yeah. to take photos of to not have to venture out.
1: And that was a little before like all the the biker build-off shows and stuff started, so it was it was a, a little different, you know. Like there was quite a difference from 2001 and 98.
0: Oh um, yeah, I bet just, there was.
1: Cuz <clears throat> you know a lot more kids, a lot more just everyone everyone just seemed to be more, you know, biker centric in, in in that '98. I'm sure like all the stuff from the 70s and 60s is even better, obviously. Like I love all the like Lichter stuff. From, but there wasn't a bunch from.
0: of cool guy shit. In no, Indian, no, Like there was in 2001.
1: But I have some photos from there too. Just like, like groups of bikers. It's just like just the dress. It's, everything's awesome, and the the background's awesome because everyone just looks the same. There's no like little kids and you know like crazy T-shirts or whatever, and you know families. Yeah. There's nothing really intermixed. Like it sort of couldn't miss. Huh. You know, or had, didn't have to really dodge any background or.
0: Yeah, I mean, what kind of bikes did, did they didn't have any bike shows probably in '98 or like.
1: Yeah, it just it was the more... custom
0: culture was kind of like
1: mm-hmm.
0: not as prevalent. I mean, I'm sure it was. Hell, I don't know. It just seems like.
1: And like the mainstream was so different. You what know, kind like, of
0: custom bikes were there in the '90s? You know.
1: Yeah, but like you know, like <clears throat> I remember going down to the dungeon and stuff was just like just like nuts. The bar was so crazy, and then like they sort of had like one-eyed jacks. I think was like a. Hooters or something but it was like it wasn't as everything wasn't as big as it is yeah. now No, you know? people
0: would freak out that I just said what kind of custom bikes could there have been there was definitely custom yeah. bikes in the 90's I'm just not thinking of any like yeah I mean
1: but yeah, interesting but they, yeah they had to, it, was, it was good I'll have to go I'll go through those archives and I'll show you some, some of those old photos
0: yeah did you meet anybody there that you still know today
1: um, I met uh, the ice cream man from hell and Jimmy,
0: I don't know this guy. You don't know Jimmy? No. He's
1: pretty awesome. I I did do a, I'd sent him a text a little while ago. I, I don't know how well he's doing now. I think he has health issues, but um, he, he was a good guy. He he gave me the lay of the land. He's quite a character. He was good friends with Larry. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, um, I actually just just before he came over, I was looking at um Instagram and uh, I met Beener in two thousand and one.
0: You met Beener in yeah. 2001. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: So him and like uh, that's the same year I met like Larry and everything else. And or that no? sorry, that was 2003. But uh, yeah, Beener, Billy Lane, all those those guys were down there. Yeah, how, Be- did you, Beener, how did you
0: find that crowd?
1: At in the at sun, Sundance, at Sundance Sundance Burnout on the. Um, Hewlett, um, No Panty Wednesdays.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> which was crazier back then than it is now, too, obviously, right? Yeah, you know,
0: see, I haven't been to that one. I've done to the... Have you been to uh, Alzada?
1: No, I I didn't go with you guys that one time. Yeah,
0: yeah. that was... That's a good Just one. over the border in Montana, yeah. right? That's where... There's some fucking photos to be had. Yeah.
1: That's sort of like trickle-down, right? Because it's like Sturgis used to be crazier, and then they had the bit of the police presence, so then they moved it over to... Hewlett it was a little more... House Georges used to be, like, 20 years prior. Yeah. Less um, less hassles and less police and just drink on the streets and, and everything, right? Yeah. So it got a little wilder, so to speak.
0: Yeah, Hewlett. Yeah. So you met those guys in, in Hewlett
1: and then... Well, yeah, I met um, Beaner there, but he was... I didn't meet Billy, but he was with, with that crew and those guys were okay. on there. Um, although I might be getting... I don't believe it was that, 2003. I can't remember if it's he had that hubbub in 2003 or prior, but... Oh, I have no clue. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, that's also where I met Larry, too. They had the Camel um, Roadhouse tent. So then I was, like, pairing, like, cool, cool-looking, cool beautiful bartenders with, like, just character, like, bikers, right? Sort of badass dudes, and just taking, like, little group, uh, duo portraits of them. Okay. I got a couple of good guys, and then I see like Larry just blast by on his bike. I'm like, "Fuck, that guy's pretty cool, right?" <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I was like, and then I was just I was taking some more photos. And then, then he wanders in. And I'm like, "Hey, I'm Brian, you know?" And then he's like, "Hey, how's, how's it going?" I'm like, "Yeah, do you mind if I take a photo?" And I, I paired him up with um, this girl, and we got some great shots. And then we just start talking. And then I'm like, "Yeah, I, I just sort of, I'm just moving down to New York." Um, so I guess that was 2003 then, 'cause I moved to New York the the end of 2002. So I'm like, yeah, I just moved to New York. He's like, um, he's like, yeah, come on, come on by the shop. I'll uh, introduce you to everybody. So I'm like, oh, you he, like he was super chill and everything. And my apartment in Brooklyn was is like three blocks from their old shop in, on North 14th.
0: Get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah. So I walked I walked in there, maybe I can't remember, maybe three weeks or so later, and then uh, yeah, we took some photos. You know, um, the stuff that's you know, that I just actually went, was in a show that I had a couple of months ago. Um, and he introduced me to Paul Cox, and then Kano, and then I've been good friends with Paul ever since. And then, yeah, it was just he was just the coolest guy. You know, gave me the tour of the shop. You know, he wasn't rushed. You know, he told me some of his biker philosophy. You know, yeah. just like, and I, I just loved how he, he, he was so passionate about all the functionality and the kinetic and the the workings of motorcycles and building right so he would he would say like the motorcycle is the ultimate art form you know because it you know it, it's sculpture it's design um, it, it's it's harmonic the sound of the sound of the motor you know there's paint um, textiles with the leather work um, you know but also what makes it better than all the other art forms is it has to be functional and and properly functional right because mm-hmm. he would do all those stunts on his bike so there's Everything is symmetrical, and will never lean one way or another, right? It'll just go straight, no hands, and then you know, like the the springer front end and stuff, for the and the dampening, you know. But you know, so he could just lay back on the bike or stand on it, and and then just as a young photographer and just guy, I just I was pretty inspired. I mean, this by is inspiring
0: him. stuff. Yeah, it's just like So anybody that has that much passion about something, you know.
1: Yeah, and then he gave me access to him and the the shop and stuff like that, and then. I think that sort of maybe made me turn the corner photographically, just, you know. Then I started shooting more of the, the cooler builders and um, just seeing what you can get into with a nice conversation and a smile and stuff, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So before Sturgis, or even after, I mean, 98, you go to that first one, and then what were you doing before you went back? Was it finishing school or were, yeah, what were you, what was, the, what was the goal back then? Just to
1: yeah, like document it, stuff? No, I was always, like, a people photographer. Okay. So I graduated art school in 99, you know, but that's why, you know, the biker community was just so cool to me, just, like, the characters and the, the personalities. So then in 99, I just moved to Toronto with a girlfriend at the time. We just drove across the country, and then I, so I worked in the studio a studio for a year advertising. Then that was, like, my job job, just um, trying to be an advertising photographer. So I was just shooting some some work here and there, and then I would, I would go... Uh, you know, 2001 and 2003, and then I started going to Sturgis every few years. And then um, I guess, I don't even, I'm, I'm losing track of time. Yeah. it's like, I've maybe been there like 12, 13, 14 times or whatever. But the last seven or eight, I missed the COVID year, but I was just going every year because I just sort of have like a new biker family there because I'd stay at a new house. This, this woman, Debbie, sort of looked after me for a couple of the first years. I'd go by myself, and she had two properties, so I'd just camp in her yard you know, and then she had her main house on LaZelle. And then a few years later, I I sort of went down there and started camping at the main house, and all the same people are there. You know, you see them every year, you know, but. So I was just interspersing like the biker stuff, and then then the work advertising, you know, they do stuff for like Diet Coke or cell phones or AT&T, stuff like that. You know, but always people. And you just
0: coincidentally moved in a couple blocks away from Indian. Yeah, yeah, I was
1: in Williamsburg, Brooklyn.
0: Yeah,
1: but back then it was sort of getting to be sort of the cool neighborhood. Now it's just like totally blown out, crazy. But
0: yeah. So when did he start doing his bl- the block party that I'm familiar with?
1: Well, when he, when he passed away.
0: That's, uh, that started when he passed away. Yeah, it's okay. 2004. No shit. Yeah, that was. Has it been that fucking long ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you caught him. You got him right there at the
1: end. Yeah, and then I, uh, I actually, I didn't, even, I didn't know he passed away, but I walked by. I stumbled across the, the first the memorial wasn't the block party, but the memorial at the time, and I, you know, I had some, yeah, it was just so, so surreal, and like, I had photos of of the hearse and stuff like that, and then it's just, I'm like, holy shit, I was just. You like. You
0: didn't fucking know that he had died No,
1: like, no, like I just, it just, I just, uh, I didn't get the news right. It's like. Social media was a little different back then too, obviously, right? Yeah. It's like so, you know. It's like Paul's gonna call me, hey, you're that kid that you know, but wow. yeah, I stumbled across it, and then it's just like it just blew my mind that I was just literally just hanging out with him, like you know, shortly prior, right?
0: Yeah, well, and I guess, uh, yeah, he'd been he'd been on doing the TV shows for a couple years at that point, huh? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Huh. did yeah, and you
0: then, see any of that stuff while they were filming or were
1: no not, not really I got, saw some of the, the bikes and sort of the aftermath but it was never in the shops when they were filming yeah. um, but I did a couple other shoots with Paul and Kano and then I did some a lot of the Indian legacy, legacy stuff after he passed with those guys and some of their builds what's that Indian legacy well sort of Kano and Paul were sort of just um, building a couple bikes under that um, um, umbrella kind of thing or together yeah. with some other help and then and then they just went their separate ways a few years after.
0: Now, how does <clears throat> Bob fit into the mix? Because,
1: well, like yeah, yeah, Bobby and and Elisa, and then they have some other another partner. But it's just, um, yeah, they were just going on with the business and sort of trying to. They were had all these plans before Larry passed away, right? And things are going. So I don't know all the inner workings of where they wanted to be with everything, but. Yeah. You they're just doing a couple builds a year and then a little parts. So he was
0: just working with Andy and Larry. Yeah. At mm-hmm, the time, mm-hmm. did, you, did you meet him back then? I, th-
1: I think I did, but he, <laughs> you know, you know, Bobby's always like a little. Uh,
0: he, I've never met him. <laughs> oh, he, he's a good I mean, guy. I, maybe I met him at Sturgis, but I, you know, I just know we have a bunch of mutual friends, and everybody yeah. speaks very highly of the guy. Yeah,
1: I'm good friends of now too, but I think he was he was there. Like I, you know, I said hi and what. Didn't really get to know him very well. And he's
0: a character on the internet. I want to meet him. Yeah, yeah. I want to sit down and record a podcast. He's with good. He's form. a good guy. Yeah. Uh, so, see, so, I mean, did you get disconnected from that crowd for a while, or?
1: Well, no, because I sort of like uh, was sort of doing more work with Paul. Okay. Yeah, Cox and some of his builds, and then I've done a lot of work with Is him over Is he up there these. in Brooklyn too? Uh, he he just moved to uh, Port Jervis, New York. Um, I guess maybe it's almost three years ago now, but. Okay. So I see them once in a while up there. He's got a cool shop there.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm not real familiar with him, except for his name, and people speak highly of him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's a master of a lot of uh, different genres and crafts, like, I th- he's been doing leatherwork since he was nine years old, and it's just, uh, it's amazing to, I've, I've had, had the opportunity to just document and build, do a lot of builds, yeah. and just like, you know, from start to finish, like we did a whole thing on, on that Indian build he did, sort of stripped down and then just all this old school stuff it's just he's he's a wealth of knowledge and just like even just his illustrations of the bike is cool to see yeah and it's just drawing the bike it's like shit so so great that's fucking wild. yeah and he's that got his cool tall. style and it's, you know it's a little you know he's very new york based bike style you know like short handlebars like you know split lanes Tight. and fast and you know jockey shift and it's cool
0: yeah, did you know bill when he lived up there
1: bill dodge yeah um i met him in, at the s 50th anniversary okay but i think i think he was just in jersey yeah, at, you, at, at you, that time
0: all that's the same place to me oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i know there's like different places up there but mm-hmm.
1: like but yeah i met bill there at uh, in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh oh, Crosse, okay. wisconsin yeah i actually went with paul we, he was working on a build for that that sort of Damocles bike okay. and he had it he was like working all day and he's like yeah we'll, we'll, we'll leave in the morning and then uh, so I'm like okay I'll drive because I know he's gonna be tired as hell in the, in the panel van and then uh, he's still working and we ended up leaving at midnight and so I you know I went to sleep at like 8, 8 p.m. the night before and then I'm up the whole day and then I start driving at midnight yeah. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I mean? so just like you know we powered New through New York
0: to Wisconsin
1: yeah, straight straight shot, you know. And then, of course, I get to like Chicago. You know, I'm falling asleep between cars in the rush hour traffic, you know. And then he switches out, and we get the bike there. And then he just he just fabricates a seat in the motel parking lot, you know. And then Come puts on. the bike <laughs> in the show. He's working on it in the van as I'm as I'm driving down the oh, interstate. No shit. Yeah, strapped in. But <laughs> and, then, and then and then I met a lot of people. That was a great show. Like, yeah. like Trevelin, uh, you know, Bill Dodge, a lot of a lot of cool people. What year was that? Oh, I, you know, I have to double check, I can't even remember, but it was their 50th anniversary.
0: Like early 2000s, teens?
1: Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 15 years ago, maybe. Okay. Around <clears throat> there. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I don't know. I that's been around a while. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a good show because they invited 50 builders for 50 bikes.
0: Oh, wow, I bet yeah. that was fucking cool.
1: Yeah, it was good.
0: Especially if it was like pre two thousand eight shit was fucking
1: happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were
0: spending some money to throw a serious party in yeah. fifty years. Yeah,
1: that was good. And
0: fifty builders.
1: Although I think they had a few that didn't get the bikes complete, maybe yeah, it was like forty-six right. out of fifty or something. Yeah, they should but have
0: invited fifty-five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: if they needed fifty, they should have invited a little bit more. Yeah,
1: I mean, like like Jesse Rook was there. He had a cool build. You oh know. wow! That's well, it. so
0: the last year when I came to Vegas, I saw I went to the Mecklen auction where those two were two Indian Larry bikes were sold. Mm. And I think two, maybe even three of Jesse's bikes, and I wasn't real familiar with Jesse at that point. Uh, but it's some pretty nice bikes. But seeing Indian Larry's bikes was, you know, they, you know, they displayed them beautifully right down there on the ground. Yeah. Were you there that year?
1: No, but that was that was Chain of Mystery, and then his personal bike, Grease Monkey, right? Yep. Yeah, it's. that the Grease Monkey, that's his. That was his favorite, right? That's his his. his Pinnacle bike for yeah, him.
0: and I thought I mean I went there specifically knowing that you
1: know, depending on who buys them,
0: I may never get to see him again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but then this guy bought him in Salt Lake and
1: yeah, at the Legends Museum, right?
0: Yeah, I haven't gone
1: there. I like to check that out though.
0: Beautiful but. place, mm-hmm. uh, and I got to see him there. Recorded a podcast with him about that. Oh, nice. He didn't even know what the fuck he was getting. Is it, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. He wasn't there to buy. He's those like, choppers. yeah, this has got some uh, question marks on it. It's made out of chain. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, but well, he's he's got some people like I wouldn't say mentoring, but kind of directing him. He wanted to get some cool old original uh, choppers, you know. Uh, and he's got two really cool. Like, yeah, know, that's he's, quite the. He started, he's got a collection of bikes that I don't even know if he knows kind of about the builders, but. Then he's got those two that are like...
1: Yeah, know, he's, he started like, up there at the yeah, top.
0: Yeah. Well, he, yeah, those fucking bikes, man. I'm just glad that they're a place where people can at least enjoy them. It'd be cooler to see somebody fucking ripping it around and in a while taking it to Sturgis. And,
1: yeah, exactly. Get it out uh, in the world, but...
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about all that anyways. Mm-hmm. It was crazy on the floor how... Like the whole place was just fucking excited, you know? yeah, like just just the energy out there for that bike, both those bikes now, Jesse's bikes, I think they were everybody was you know they didn't go for very much money,
1: yeah they they don't understand that just no, yeah you know, no. those are interesting bikes, and just sort of the hybrid and the different styles he's putting in there are pretty yeah, are pretty it's cool. definitely
0: innovative, yeah, I see it like a... A lot of what Roland does in him, kind of like, I don't know, I see some some similarities.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shelley's got a good one of his bikes in uh, Destination Daytona. Oh, does she? Yeah, in the showroom.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I've been there. I don't know that, oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. I have was just zip in and zip out during bike week, you know, at the place of fucking... (laughs) No, you know what? I haven't been in there. I've only been in that... did not JP have something right there? Yeah, on the backside. I've just been in JP to buy parts. That's what it was. Never been in that dealership. Uh, Yeah, so last year... Wait a second. So we're, like, still in the early 2000s. You've been hanging out with, like, some fucking modern marvels of chopper engineering. Mm Mm-hmm you still hadn't ridden a bike?
1: No, it's just have like... Have you not
0: even ridden one, or
1: just like... Well, just like a tiny bit, but nothing, you know. It was, it was really like, well, what happened was, like I, like I said, I got the license, you know, and then I was gonna jump into everything, and then my wife was just like, oh, we got to get this and all this, no parking and everything else. I just didn't have a bike. And then, uh, well, she, she passed away in, in 2019, like in, in March. So then I was just like,
0: fuck, Brian.
1: Yeah, it was, it was fucked up. We were together for like 12 years, you know, and then she just, when they had, we thought it was food poisoning, just throwing up and then she started throwing up like blood and I, so I got her to the hospital. And it was just like a little laceration in her stomach that had turned into sepsis and then basically just it, it turns the blood into acid and all their organs failed and then I tried to like, we were, she, we were in the hospital for two weeks.
0: Oh, dude.
1: I know, it's like, so I had to like literally just take, pull, pull her off life support, and then basically just started causing shit for three months in a, I don't know, just a rampage, I guess, you know?
0: Fuck!
1: And then I decided to, in the, So did
0: I meet you before that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because that was in, in Tennessee. That was the first time we met. Yeah. But what I did is I, um, yeah, so I just, you know, like I said, it was just a, that one year was just a super blur. But I uh, I went and got a bike in July at Shelly's. You know, like my, my buddy Mike had a Road King, so he let me ride his bike around the Ikea parking lot for 20 minutes in the rain. And then I went to Daytona the next day and got that, that Lowrider S from Shelly, and I rode to Sturgis.
0: See, I didn't realize that that was your first bike. Yeah. I remember this.
1: Yeah, just like... Oh. Shit! So I just—I literally just learned on the way to, to Sturgis. <laughs>
0: That's a great way to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. But then I, I well, I picked up the bike in that De- Daytona. I had t- two hours in the rain, you know. And then I, I left that next morning, you know. Got some straps. Like I like put my cameras in one bag and then strapped it to the back. And then I went—I went down to Nashville and I—I I met my friend Roderick and then I had another friend, Mike, that did join me. The same guy that had the Road King that. Um, I got my tutorial on basically, and then we, we rode to Sturgis.
0: Oh, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, and I just started using that as my house because I just didn't want to be in Brooklyn. You know, I just wanted just wanted to be somewhere else. You know, yeah. It's too many memories of Terry and stuff like that. And wow! So I just trying to keep keep going, you know.
0: Well, and it's crazy because I was telling somebody like that. You're one of the few people I know that probably rides more miles than. Fucking anybody I know, and I know a lot of people that ride a lot of miles.
1: Yeah, I don't know. you've I...
0: been fucking doing it for two since you got the bike.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I think it's about a little over forty thousand miles I've put on since August in two thousand nineteen. But then it's been in like winter storage for a few months at a time over the last two years. But
0: well, I would have guessed more. now. I mean, how many times have you ridden across the country this year? You've done like three times. Haven't well, you?
1: yeah, t- twice from Daytona to California, and then up through Canada. I've gone through twice too, back. To New York, yeah. It's a lot of riding and some zigzagging here and there, and yeah. some good decisions, bad decisions, some states here. Well, there. That's
0: how you, you gotta learn that way. Like, yeah, that's a good way to learn is to just get out there.
1: Well, definitely, yeah. Super, super learning experience. You know, it's very accelerated.
0: Has it changed the way you look at bikes and the way you photograph bikes? Maybe,
1: uh, maybe a, a tiny bit, but um, not so much because I sort of had a lot of that all beforehand. You know, yeah. it's like. That's why I think my learning curve is a little easier, getting on it, too, and stuff like that, you know. But definitely, um, I've definitely learned some tricks along the way, for sure. and My pack has changed all the time. Oh, yeah. What's
0: funny is I was, when you handed me that bag, or when I got that bag out of the truck, I was like, this looks like a photography bag, but this doesn't look like a motorcyclist photography bag, you know. like.
1: yeah. A little bit of everything goes in there. Yeah, yeah, From, from yeah. the ba- battery tender to visor. But well, it's like this. the
0: the material. It just doesn't, you know, like I would think like something more rough and tough on a bike. I've been trying to use a lot of like heavy canvas bags. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Or leather, like wax canvas. Stuff that doesn't flap around a lot because the flapping just tears it up. Mm-hmm. That's like why I try and wear thicker pants. That, yeah. I hate it when my pants are flapping on me. Oh, exactly. I fucking do love leather pants though, and I I need to pull the trigger. And uh, I want to. Now that I'm going to do Brian's race, I need some leathers. You know. I
1: don't oh, want, Billy's lace? You mean? Yeah. What'd yeah. I say? Oh, Brian.
0: Oh, Brian's race. Yeah, Billy's race. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a race, and we can race
1: something. You know, we just need another bike, two bikes, and it's a race.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I fucking like leather pants because they don't fucking flap around at all. You know,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. super cool. They're they're so much cooler than you think if as long as you're moving. When you're just standing there in the hot sun, then yeah. you're fucking cool. But
1: yeah, I, I have some leather from Vanson that I wore just for a, a, maybe the f- three days on this last trip. Yeah, it was because it was pretty cold, obviously. But is
0: that what your jacket is? Is it Vanson? Yeah,
1: Vanson. Kim Kim and Vanson over there is super cool. She's awesome. Uh, I like Where them. are they out of? Uh, outside of Boston. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's
0: cold up there. They probably know about it. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking at the Langlitz ones. Uh, really impressed. But I tried to forever to find a pair of just old used ones, you know? That, yeah. Because that shit, when it's made that well, like if you could find a pair of pants that are 20 years old, not only do they look cool right out
1: of the gate, yeah, exactly.
0: it's a good quality pair of pants.
1: But it is nice to put your own weathering on the, something new too, right? I it think, is. You know? It is. Those gloves I can show you, but just the gray on top, black on the bottom, right? Yeah. Gauntlets.
0: <laughs> you got to fucking, you got to moisturize them, you know? Yeah. Huh? You got to <laughs> get the oil. See, your bike's too new, you don't know about having oil everywhere. See, I can, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I can wipe oil
0: off my bike and I rub it on my leather pants well, yeah. Once so they start drying out a little bit. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, a nice pair of leather pants would be good to start off with. I mean, I would like to get some made, and I think it's too late now to get some made by Langlitz. Oh, I don't In time know. time for March. We'll see, though, maybe I can make a phone call.
1: Yeah, get it expedited.
0: Well, and you got—I want to go up there and get measured, you know. If I'm gonna spend fuck a thousand dollars on that shit, like, and I need to get down to my fighting weight, you know, <laughs> you know, like.
1: You could get measured somewhere else too, and send them the measurements too, just see what exactly they want. But no, yeah,
0: no, I want to go
1: there. Yeah, I guess this that is, is best just a good sure. excuse
0: to go there. Oh man. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like your style. Uh,
0: You know, there's a lot of sweet roads between here and there, you know? (laughs) Hey, babe, I got to go up there. I got to get measured. My pants are calling. My pants are calling. (laughs) No, and she likes that, uh, you know, that I'll wear protective gear, whatever it is. Yeah. As much as I ride.
1: It's a good race, though. It's it's a fun day. Sons of Speed, though.
0: Oh, the Sons of Speed. Yeah. Yeah. So you've you've, you've said you've almost photographed all of them.
1: Yeah, I just the only one I missed was just the last one on Biketoberfest because I I was been I've been doing a lot of work in Europe now, uh, with a lot of those old board tracker guys and.
0: Yeah, how did that come about, dude? And who the fuck are those people?
1: Yeah, they're awesome. Well, a um, <coughs> few years, couple, couple of races prior, Martin de van de um, Dutch guy. Um, he was helping uh, Billy out at the track and stuff, and then he was doing a, a matchless racer. And he told me about they race in Bielefeld on a banked uh, Velodrome track.
0: Yeah, like a real old...
1: Yeah, well, they they like the old they had some old board tracker tracks there But they've now since been torn down in, in Germany and Hanover, I think was the last one Okay, and so they were on there and they were saying if you had it was so beat up that they've had two bikes Side by side you could feel it undulating. It was like they were riding a wave and then and obviously dodging like bad parts and because it was just like Pumping, wild. yeah, it's
0: fucking wild.
1: But now they're like concrete tracks.
0: Oh, so it's concrete.
1: Yeah, and then they get now, they, they get access. Are they still access.
0: racing over there. Is like a uh, well.
1: It's more like it's an exhibition. Like, but they get access to the track and stuff, and they okay. they they go around. But there's some pretty fast guys. Um, Bielefeld, they um, they used to test some of the old German bikes on that um, on that track. Yeah, but these guys have, you know, they're all like you know, board trackers, excelsiors, Indians. A lot of the similar bikes that are running in in Daytona, yeah, in Sturgis.
0: Did Billy go over there and do that?
1: No, no. But like some of those American guys, are sort of chomping at the bit to go. I but think and, then, so. and then some of these German guys, and then oh, there's you know German, Belgium, French, um, you know, a couple a Dutch, a few other different nationalities are all there. Very multicultural. So it's it's cool. again, you know, there's they're speaking like six, seven different languages. You know, like I have one guy interpreting interpreting three of these ones then over here and then well they're they? just helping me i'm trying to get what they say or they're going through yeah, here or yeah, there yeah. and something because you know but but some of those guys will be i think coming trying to come for this next march um, really event
0: <clears throat> and it's the second week in a bike week right
1: um I'm, i have to double check the date yeah but yeah they those guys are pretty good and they're into it like 200 right <laughs> All the leathers, vintage, and they they race pretty good. They're fast guys. Yeah. And then I um, I just went back there in September and October. Um, they one race in Bielefeld again, and then one in um, Forst, Germany, which is a different velodrome track with with a sixty degree bank. So it's it was pretty steep. And it's
0: concrete. Yeah. How, what, how big is it?
1: Oh, I, I think it was like three. I, I'm, I have to double check. It was like three hundred thirty three meters or something like that, but. Yeah, but it was it was cool. Three hundred
0: thirty-three meters. I gotta look that up. Three hundred thirty-three meters. Oh fuck! I didn't call those guys. Shit. Three hundred thirty-three meters. That's like what a quarter mile.
1: I think around there. And those guys have some pretty cool bike collections too. So that was another thing, you know, I get access to some of these guys. They're basically like. It's a working shop, but they It's also they have a. This is a mini museum, basically, with all their stuff.
0: I bet so. I mean, if they have those bikes, they've got other bikes. You don't yep. just have a mm-hmm. a board track racer. Yeah. yeah. But the one guy,
1: you know, the, this guy Christian, you know, he had a he had a, on just on uh, on the lifts. He had a, he had a Thor, a Merkel, and then like a 1913 Harley, and he's got a 1968 Shelby Cobra you know, fastback. Yeah. yeah. That's just the working stuff. Uh, and then all the Excelsiors beautiful. and Indians. This is really beautiful to see.
0: So now with Billy, uh, when did he do his first race over here?
1: It was after. Well, was, the first year was supposed to be that Hurricane Matthew year. Um, so that was.
0: He and did he do any races in Daytona?
1: No, it's always New Smyrna technically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, so New Smyrna's down there. Mm-hmm. New Smyrna and then Sturgis, yeah. just the
1: two places. Mm-hmm. He's not doing Sturgis anymore, but just um, just hassles with the track and stuff like that, you know, yeah. with the dirt track and things getting done sort of super, super last minute. I remember pulling up there and it was like, there was like a lake and like some dirt, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not even gonna send Billy a picture of this, it's gonna freak him out. <laughs> you know, but it's like...
0: And that was the track that we rode in?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just this last time yeah. but that whole middle was a was a lake and then there's like it wasn't mm. even so like banked as you know there's no it was,
0: drainage or nothing there. i don't know it's like
1: because they do some atv thing like a week before bike week and i think they just had all these trucks and atvs just like thrashing through through there or whatnot and then some rain and then just just no they do u- no an upkeep.
0: atv thing the before yeah, like bike week
1: huh before i had a full throttle some kind of like just trucking all through there like where i took you by that lake and stuff like that yeah all in
0: there I mean, there's a lot, a lot of terrain up there. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, the race. So you like, you like photographing racing stuff, huh?
1: Yeah, like over the years, from just from the portraits and stuff, I sort of you know, got into a lot of the racing. And you know, I, I'm, actually, I met uh, Brittany and Michael Lang and, um, and Sturgis, like, I guess, seven years, eight years ago or whatever. Dude, I just
0: met Michael Lang a couple weeks ago.
1: Oh, he's a great guy.
0: Super and, nice guy.
1: Yeah, and his, he's a knowledge monster. I know. A bike knowledge monster and race. He, like,
0: communicates differently. Yeah. too. he's just <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Like, yeah, he yeah, knows a lot.
1: But that was, like, my... The first time in Sturgis was just shooting that the vintage stuff, and I was right on the track. and access, and it was like, no, this is great. I love the action, the speed, and, and then I sort of gravitated more to the old bikes. They were running some newer stuff, too, but... Yeah. And then, you know, like... So the art shows that you do, are they mainly portraits, or are they... They're both, you know. I had a show at the Cardinal Gallery um, in Toronto. Um, I actually left from there to go to Sturgis this year. Just rode down, but it was, um, it was basically just a little over 20 years of um, motorcycle photography.
0: Is this the one where you like got the, they got sounds? You associated y- yeah, with sounds with
1: mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, like I've been doing like like field recording or like stuff on the track and just uh, you know the, the the bike starting up and then just the passes and then I was just sort of I had a hidden audio in the gallery space. So the bikes would be going, you know, and then people would like, they thought it was outside, Just, these bikes flying by. And then That's pretty cool. People sort of catch on.
0: You get somebody walk through there every once in a while with like a, a gasoline-soaked rag. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we should spill some gas there, maybe piss over there or something, you know, get, <laughs> get, some more, get more, more of the senses yeah, fulfilled. Yeah, get more
0: of the senses. <laughs> Well, that's cool. When did you start like presenting your art in galleries? How does that even? How does it get to that point?
1: Well, well the the Toronto show was like a, it was a solo show, in a, in a gallery gallery space, so that was cool. And then, but I was always been in some group shows or I had like some studio shows prior to that. Um, it's just always nice to show that work to people that aren't really um, immersed in that in that scene Absolutely. and culture. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and so it's it's good. And then also the people that you know are familiar, you know, sort of well received that way.
0: So, uh, I mean, did you ever like link up with any other motorcycle photographers along your path or was it just kind of like you just met some of the, it sounds like you just met some of the right people early on that, Yeah.
1: Well, no, it's like, you know, I see photographers, like I, I'm, I'm friendly with everybody and some people will get a little more standoff with the other photographers and stuff, but it's just, you know, it's like I'm comfortable with what I can do and, you know, what I've done and stuff like that. So it's. Yeah. everything smiles and stuff and I've met some de- definitely interesting people over the years you know yeah. <laughs> you know like in the industry in that sense but no, they they do their thing I do mine and then you know I'd like I'd, like, I'd rather just sort of hang out and just be you know like I just hang out with people first and then sort of talk to them and then take a photo kind of thing I don't really go by and steal their portrait and sort of run off kind of thing well but
0: it's, it's a, a it's a delicate art form you know taking photos and yeah, there's, you know, and some people do it, make it weird with their camera, you know? Mm, yeah. And it's like, oh, man, don't we don't want that guy. That's only in the bedroom. You know, like, <laughs> it's only in the bedroom. No, I'm you kidding. You know, like, you I think. feel like uh, Jamie and Zach, those guys are, uh, you know, I wish I would have had a talk with them ahead of time. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know. I mean, I reached out to them, I asked them to come down, mainly because I just wanted to be caught out. They had me come up and we did something in Wyoming earlier this year, and uh, we did a video for their YouTube channel. They reached out at the beginning of the year, or maybe, yeah, I guess it was the beginning when I got to Pan Am. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, we're trying to start a YouTube channel and we want to, uh, you know, we'd like to do an interview with you. And they want to do like over the phone, like a Zoom deal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That sounds fucking gay. Like you want <laughs> you want your YouTube channel to suck, you know?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, "I'm go co- I'm going to Sturgis. How about I just swing by on the way back and we can do, you know, we can do something there." Yeah, you
1: don't want to start with a thumbs down video. You want to start with a thumbs up video. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I was like, "But I, you know, I I uh, appreciated. I talked. I, I guess I called whoever texted me and uh, we talked and." They told me about the owner like he bought the first two Pan Americas that showed up and he really wants to support that new direction that Harley's going and I really appreciated that mindset, you know. I think that uh, I don't think that very, I know not a lot of the dealerships are taking that approach, you know, where they're like fully backing this move cuz it's a it's a change for Harley, you know, like it's yeah. not like a it's just big, you know, it's different. So anyways, I went over there, we did a a little podcast, shot some cool video content, and uh, anyways, I I, uh, was talking to him about the men, I thought maybe they might be, they're working with another friend of mine, Arnie, the kid who drove the bug. Oh yeah, yeah. They actually built, uh, Arnie, uh, he does bagger racing, you know, have you seen the bagger racing Mm -hmm. league stuff?
1: Yeah, I've shot a little bit of that with Shelly.
0: Okay, he's doing that, and uh, Arnie's like fucking solid gold, like I wish we would have got to spend more time with him, but he was busy as shit this weekend. Uh he, doing the bagger racing, like, he had to have a, a Harley sponsorship or, like, a dealer. He had to have some kind of, or maybe even maybe he didn't, and he thought he did. Anyways, he reaches out to his local dealership, which happens to be this one that reached out to me in Idaho Falls. And uh, he's like, hey, man, will you guys sponsor me so that I can go race my bagger at this race? And they're like, well, yeah, what do you need? And he's like, oh, I don't need anything. I just need you <laughs> yeah. to, like... Say that you're sponsored. Just a me sticker, so, can, so that I can go race. Like I don't know, I just need to put your name on a form or whatever it was, and they just thought that was too fucking cool. You know, like who asks for sponsorship and you know you don't yeah. need anything. That's why I like though. Anyways, they they jumped on full board. Now they built him a helped him build a whole new bike, and he's racing next weekend. And I don't even know where the race is at. I think uh,
1: Sonoma. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's why he didn't... Well, that's one of the reasons he didn't race his Harley this this week because he didn't want to, like, get fucking hurt and then not be able to race the bike that they've done all that work for. So anyways, I I hit those guys up. I'm like, hey, we're doing this. You know, if you want to come down... I'm not... I don't have a YouTube channel, but if you guys want to come down and put together a video for y'all's YouTube channel for content, I think, uh, you know, there's going to be some rad shit happening. So come on down. Uh, But that being said, like, I guess how we got to this, like, I wish I would have talked to more, cause the fucking camera right in my face the whole time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it could have just been planned out a little bit. Better. Yeah, it got to be a little. Uh, more and they tried finesse, to do finesse, some yeah. planning uh, ahead of time. I remember I was telling Nick the other day. I was like, I wonder if these two guys know how much they can learn from Brian right now. Like, have they, have they, have they caught on to this yet? You know.
1: I did give him a sticker. I gave him a sticker. <laughs> well, I just remember you, were t- you said something to
0: Jamie like, come on, follow me. We're going to go down to the track. And I was like, you better fucking listen to this guy. You know, Brian's been around the track before. Uh, but no, they're great guys, uh, young kids, and mm-hmm. they're making some cool stuff. But there, it, there is an art to like, you know, threading the needle, being around people where it's yeah. not like intrusive. Uh, this guy, a friend of mine named Greg. Uh, I might have mentioned too. He does like a lot of music photography. Yeah, mm-hmm. you never see him take a photo. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's kind of what he he uh, taught me. Just talking to him about it. It's like he just gets to know people. He gets comfortable around them. Yeah, and then you know when he takes a photo, he's taking the photo when everybody's so distracted by whatever it is that they're doing or you know entertaining that nobody really. You know, that's how you don't see him because everybody's caught by whatever he's taking the photo of to begin with. Um, yeah, but it just like made me think about you know photography a little bit differently. You know, like there is.
1: Yeah, it's nice to just sort of let the flow go and everything else, and you know, mm-hmm. you can you'll know when to pull it out. Yeah, uh, like, and like and then
0: also you'll know when to say, "Hey, we need to do this." Like right now, like, like, like the, last yeah. night, like get the fucking bike over there. <laughs> We're running out of sunlight. <laughs> Literally, we snapped those photos, and that fucking sun went right behind us. No, the it ground. was. It
1: was. It was perfect timing.
0: It fucking was.
1: Normally, it's two minutes too late. That was two minutes too early. It was it, perfect. It yeah.
0: was. I'm glad you did that, cause yeah,
1: cause I, I know I had to like I didn't want to cut your conversation too short with that guy, but I, I, there was the break, and like, dude, we should go. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is it's like, yeah. But yeah, you can't just do that right out of the gate. Like, I think our relationship has helped led to the point where I wasn't like, dude, come on, you're fucking talking to this guy, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, oh no, I trust Brian. If he's saying we need to, he doesn't just interrupt me, you know? So, yeah, yeah that was cool, man.
1: Uh, yeah, that was a, it was a good capping to like an awesome couple days. It was,
0: and I'm glad that we got the, you know, the portrait, you know? And I don't know how to tell the story or like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't do things for the story, but then yeah. I'm like, you know, there's, this is an opportunity here to share something cool with a lot of people.
1: But I, d- I definitely have, like, I shot seg- segments and stuff. I'll put some together some stuff. And you can have all the, the, the timeline of everything, too, well, right? What I was getting at this, and, I was, like,
0: thinking, of, you know, I'm doing something with choppers. I told Brobeck I would write something for his right. magazines. Uh, we're going to call it The Road Provides. That's what I'm calling it, is The Road Provides. And it's mainly, like, I was going to document, uh, you know, just trips trips that I've been on on my chopper you know as yeah. I go on I'm maybe recalling some of the old ones and then uh, yeah while I was at the races yesterday I was like fuck the, I, I should do a story on this like this is a pretty magical thing For and sure. all shit has happened uh, yeah and I'm going to whether he fucking wants it or not you know yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do it it's uh, never
1: bad to create you know
0: no no, no,
1: well, it's, no good it's good to have something good. extra in the, in the arsenal
0: yeah yeah. So did you do writing as well?
1: Yeah. Um, for, I've done a few stories for Revolution magazine. Um, okay. I'll, like Photo Essay as well. Um,
0: now, is that a Canadian magazine? They're out of
1: it? Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's got Pascal who's running it. He's super cool dude. But.
0: Revolution yeah. magazine. So I've
1: done a couple stories. On, in uh, that. Nor- I did the Normandy Beach Race for the 75th anniversary of D-Day. I went down there and then um, shot there, and I did a story on that. And then, So was
0: that the one that fucking... Round the world went to.
1: They were th- they were uh, there like um, in 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 the summer, but this was in September, like they, the exact day of the landing. You mean like um, Dick Jason Sims and, and Doug and stuff like that? Yeah, where they fucking yep.
0: invaded Germany again?
1: Oh, and then yeah, when they uh, yeah, yeah they did yeah the, yeah they yeah.
0: went to the big award or the ceremony and then rode their bikes into mm-hmm. Germany.
1: Yeah, that's all well, that same year, the seventy fifth anniversary, and then I, but that was September that event.
0: So they did a race out there later that year?
1: Yeah, like a beach race. Yeah. Um, you know, similar to like sort of trog inspired, I guess. Okay. But um, you know, all like nineteen forties stuff prior. Um it was it was great. I'll, yeah, I'll, it was I give you the article. Sick. Yeah, it was awesome. So like I I went to um Germ- Amsterdam and Germany first. I shot that Bielefeld race and then that was what like that September one? 9th. That was the Velindrome, the Boar okay, Trackers. Okay, okay. And then I had like I think it was like 12 days to spare, so I just went to Prague, actually because it was like cheaper than going to Paris for at the time. So then I just hung out in Prague, then I went to Paris, then I went to Normandy with like just a rental car, and then shot that beach race, and then had to fly to Toronto. Like so was it Sunday drag morning. racing
0: or was it circle track?
1: Drag, just straight. Okay. You know, and they had old cars and old bikes and a lot of like there's there's so much military surplus still left there. From really? World War II, yeah, a lot of jeeps, a lot of like WLAs and stuff like that, and it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how much U.S. stuff is still there, like bike wise oh, and sick. jeeps. And That's fucking yeah, cool. great, great guys. And Did then you, some guys were at both races too, was cool. So then I, you know, made friends that way again from meeting them two weeks prior. Yeah, you know, and I just saw them again like in September.
0: Wow, have you so have you done the Trog race before?
1: Um, photographed it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe like five or six times. Although it's like, I know everyone complains it was always oh, cooler before or whatever. I did like it when it was more like the leather helmets and the, a little less um, stipulations. Yeah. But they had a couple crashes, so like now they have to be a little more safety conscious, you know. But no,
0: they don't have to be. That's well, that's, that's that's the misconception. Well, safety they don't third. Have to be, safety okay? third. They choose to be. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: People are gonna fucking get hurt doing this shit. Yeah. You know, like that's just part of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, you know, Chog's always good. Lot, you know, you see a lot of friends there and stuff. And yeah. I shoot a little. But I just try and, there's so many photographers there, I really try and just shoot it differently.
0: You yeah, know? I mean, how, what's your, how do you shoot it differently? Can't tell you. <laughs> Tricks of the trade.
1: <laughs> Top secret.
0: Oh, man. So I'm hoping that I can get up there for that. With this bike I'm building for Billy's Race. Mm-hmm. A couple sprocket changes, tire changes.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's a fun time.
0: Yeah. It looks like fun. I, guess,
1: I don't even know when the next one is. Are they, is it going to be in October again? Is the next year or they do do no like a clue. summer one? No clue. Yeah, I think they're looking for some other like sort of West Coast event but I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, fuck, we could do something like that in Texas. And Kiris Callum talked about doing it uh, during the Lone Star Rally.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Which, you know, that would be cool. It's just, you know, it's hard mixing the crowds. Like, you can mix the crowds, but it doesn't, they don't just don't mix really well. You know, like, the vintage guys, you're not going to get a bunch of the younger ones and the older ones all mm-hmm. to go to the same place if you've got the fucking leather bikers there. No. You know, yeah, like, it just, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't, I mean, it can work a little bit, but neither, you know, the, the, uh, the cool crowd's not going to, like, be overwhelming if yeah. you got the leather guys there. It's just a tough one. Like, uh, Lictor hit me up to come down to Lone Star Rally. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm going to Cleveland for fuel. You know, it just doesn't... I don't know.
1: Yeah, there's always so many things happening at the same weekend. It's crazy.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah, how do you you develop your schedule?
1: I don't know. It's, it's, well, it changes and stuff. Like one year I was supposed to shoot the, well, the initial Sons of Speed race, and then Hurricane Matthew came in and then devastated everything. And Billy was trying to get everything sorted, but he, so he canceled it on the Thursday. I was supposed to fly in on Friday. So then that was the same year that Trog was at Pismo for the first time. Okay. So then I just got an Air Miles flight last minute over to, LA and I So the,
0: they were going to do Trog the same weekend as Billy's race?
1: Yeah and then uh, I got to LA and it fucking rains. <laughs> it, it rained like in Pismo like it rained out the same. Oh they were going to do
0: Trog over there?
1: Yeah in, in California. Okay. Yeah and then it was just like, so I, get, like, like you know, I got screwed by weather. Well, they still shot one day but how funny is that it never rains there and then just that weekend when I fly across. Huh. But I don't know it, it changes like I had, definitely have like like loyalties to like Billy like I've shot all those races and yeah. So that's always a mainstay, you know. Um,
0: I'm sure, he appreciates
1: that. Yeah, it's got. A good yeah, I never story. got to spend
0: much time with him. We shook hands, talked. We did that one ride. You might have been there. It was one of those. It was in Sturgis? No, you probably weren't there. It was a ride.
1: Was that was that Aiden's ride?
0: Yeah, it was Aiden's ride.
1: Yeah, with yeah with Billy, I was on that one where Beaner was leading and stuff like that with Bobby. Were you riding with us that year? No, I was on. I was in the. I've done one out there on the bike, but then I think I was, I was shooting that one. I think I was on the back. Yeah, because
0: that was the year me and Beener went to uh, Alzada for Topless yeah. Tuesday.
1: Yeah. And with like Skulls and stuff was there. Was he? Yeah.
0: Skulls no, no not to
1: Alzada, but he was on that ride.
0: Skulls was?
1: Yeah, because I, I think I have a photo of the three of you there. Right, in that one parking lot. Oh, yeah, the fucking. Yeah, Al- Albert's a good guy. Albert is one one guy that I met. Um, I think I, I met Albert in 98.
0: Dude, that's hilarious because I was going to mention Albert a minute ago. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to say Albert because I didn't remember that, but I was going to say yeah. Skulls. Did you see Skulls back in 98? Yeah. that motherfucker yeah. had to have been there. Yeah, he,
1: I've got a great photo of him. So uh, we all sort of recreate it. You know, I shot it, you know, he's got his hands out. It's like him and um, his buddy. Um, I can't remember.
0: You his might have been the one that told me that his name was fucking Skulls.
1: Oh well or maybe
0: he did. I don't even know But
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's always great. You know, I was I was like, hey, let's take our annual portrait and stuff. So we shoot the shit, you know, catch up and then he's a good guy. Yeah. He's always happy.
0: Fucking skulls. That's cool.
1: I'll send you a bunch of those old photos from this I can send you as uh ninety eight, that'd companion. be cool.
0: Yeah. That would be cool. Ninety eight sturdiness. Well uh, so nineteen, you get a bike and then it's twenty twenty. Did you just ride it all year long?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just from like, you know, Sturgis and then to Daytona and then Tennessee. And then I went back in Daytona and then, uh, that was 2019 for bike week Mm -hmm. or two, sorry, 2020 for bike week in March. Um, shot all that stuff, all the races. And then I was going to leave on the Saturday and I, I did leave. And then this COVID thing was happening. So as I started heading West, it was like the states were literally closing as I made my way. I was, I was actually trying to make my way to you because I was going to shoot that mud truck and thing in St. Joe.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. rednecks with paychecks. Yeah, baby. I was
1: on the way to do that, and then I was gonna, that was going to that was going to be my, my my sort of my event shoot before I got to Los Angeles because my you know I emptied out my apartment in Brooklyn, some storage lockers, and I shipped some clothes and stuff to camera stuff to L. A. And then, you know, I was getting, it was crazy. I don't even remember where I was, but it was like some middle America, and I went to this gas station. It was like 120 degrees, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on in here? And she's like, oh, we our boss told us to keep the heat on, it's killing COVID. I'm like, the chocolate bars no are way. fucking melting <laughs> off the shelves. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, whatever, can I get a hot Gatorade? I got to hit the road. <laughs> you know, it was like
0: Keep the heat up. it's killing COVID. Yeah, That's
1: was, amazing. just crazy, and then, like, I think, like, literally got to Los Angeles because that, that event got canceled. Oh, and yeah. yeah I, and I called you and said, yeah, I can't make it. It's
0: That's when I knew canceled. it was fucking serious. Or yeah. at least when I thought it was serious, when they canceled Rednecks and Paychecks. Yeah. Well, there, maybe we got something on our hands here. I thought for sure something...
1: I thought for sure that was going to go because it yeah. was like private property. Like, they don't a give big a Big FU to whatever. Yeah. You know? Like, we've got, we're filled up with gas and ready to... But I bet you there's
0: a serious, like insurance something that they got to have to do those events like yeah probably some kind like they've got to have somebody else involved to like mm-hmm. back the shit show the, yeah. that's a good place to find some fucking some interesting folks
1: yeah I've, I've been i've shot like six or seven of those events too i'm working on another that's a another whole world of craziness
0: yeah what about like i love uh, that
1: stuff though right obviously it's like
0: oh dude it's, it's uh it's a lot yeah it's a lot
1: but then I got then I got to I kept going and I got to California March 20th and they're like ah sorry Brian it's closed you gotta stay home stay in your apartment I'm like fuck so then I just like and then all the, the uh, Black Lives Matters protests were happening and stuff like maybe like 20 blocks from where I was staying did you
0: go get photos of that shit? I, I, the, I
1: was at I was in I went to another friend's house and she lives in Hollywood by like the Whiskey A Go Go and it's on Fairfax and Melrose it's like pretty close to her, and, the, and there was just like crazy, all the craziness was happening, right? We were just watching on TV. She was a little trepidatious to go down there. Like, I was sort of on the fence. I just wanted to go down there and shoot some photos and stuff, and yeah. like, I sort of, not like it's riot-looting insanity, but it's just, you know, and then I sort of had respectful decision to just sort of stay there, you know? She was actually a little worried too, my friend Nancy, it's like spillover or whatever, but we did walk down there the well, next It morning. fucking
0: was serious. I mean, it was yeah. pretty fucking crazy. You know, I that one fucking shoot, the TV shot, where, like, all the fucking cop cars are on fucking fire yeah, and yeah. shit. Like.
1: They were still building some, like, smoldering the next morning. We walked down there, you know. There were some kids, like, sort of cleaning up the graffiti, trying to help, you know, and then there was this, like... But it was, uh, yeah, very strange. And then the curfews kept on coming down, right? Like, it was 10 o'clock. Nine o'clock. Welcome eight
0: o'clock. to fucking L.A., Brian. Yeah,
1: and then so like I would go like you know I'd stay at stay at the apartment in, in Koreatown for like a week. Then on the weekend I'd just go hang out with my friend Nancy for a few days and come back. Whatever, just change it up. And then um, I so the curfew was uh, six six thirty, and I um, I left her house and I got back to my apartment and I realized I had her phone in my pocket. Like I grabbed grabbed the wrong phone, so I was like fuck. So I I took it out on the bike and I started riding back. I'm going down Highland and I. The whole BLM protest was wa- coming around the street when I came around the corner. But. Yeah, this backlit, the couple couple guys on just bicycles and this this wall of people. And I'm like, oh shit, you know. It would, of course, it would have been the most amazing photo, but it's like, you know, I had to get out of there and get swallowed up. So I did a hard right. <laughs> damn, damn. Yeah, and then I'm just trying to fly down these side roads, and there's like press cars and National Guard trucks going, you know. And I get to this one intersection a few blocks off of Sunset. And, they, and I've got the, that black visor, you know, I sort of look like a dick or whatever, black in the yeah.
0: jacket yeah, yeah. and stuff, and the
1: Dyna. And then it's the National Guard, SWAT, and then police, police on each corner, and they're just looking at me, shaking their head. Like, I obviously don't look like an essential worker, yeah. you know?
0: Well, they're probably also like this guy. I he, was, <laughs> yeah, I know. he doesn't look like he knows where he's at.
1: Yeah. So like Fucking like, like like,
0: Canada license plate <laughs> or New well, York. Yeah, New York. Yeah, they were like this motherfucker. Yeah,
1: so they're shaking their heads. So I do a hard ride and if I can fly down sunset, drop the phone, I'm like, I gotta go, and then went down San Vicente, San Vicente and then to Beverly Boulevard, which is always packed, right? There was not one car on the road. Maybe it was sprackly here and there. All the stores were boarded up, sunset, riding around LA, no traffic. It was like like literally, you, know, you did the, not
0: photograph any of this shit?
1: I got a, I got a couple shots, but it's like I was just hammering through and i didn't want to press my luck right because like i'm gonna go to jail or the hospital or basically or something like this and it was yeah, all like yeah. so up in there. you didn't know what was going on so Man, i'm not
0: gonna say i'm disappointed brian but
1: no but I'm i kind of shocked i got oh no i got some stuff and some freeways and like the empty freeways yeah. you know but but that that day i didn't shoot everything i was just riding around like maybe 45 I, minutes i
0: was disappointed in myself i didn't just ride out there to look at it
1: yeah but it was that it was awesome like i'd go up to the pch you know, right ride, ride towards Oxnard? There was not one person on the beach from like um, Venice like to Ventura County. They would just have one cop at every parking lot. I photographed some of that stuff. It was cool to see like just just the, the lifehouse, lifeguard towers and then empty beach in the middle of the day. And then, but Ventura County had a, they had a different stay at home law or whatever. So it was just pure surface once you hit the county line. Nice. That was sort of cool. but. Yeah, there was some I definitely should have maybe milked it more, like gone through downtown and everything else, but it was just like didn't didn't know what to think, you know, but like
0: It was a pretty wild times. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I remember I
0: wanted to go see like this the fucking graffiti on like the statues that they were fucking tearing down. Yeah. Like, you know, I definitely don't agree with any of that, but but it happened, you know, like just yeah. to go see that shit, just these people fucking Losing their shit and tearing up, you know, just to see it. And I guess that's the thing. It's like to be there and not to, to not do anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a weird spot, I guess.
1: Yeah, like you got to pick what you're checking out and stuff like that. you know. But it was, it was weird. It's like I can watch the, the whole protests and the, the, the mass of people on TV and the helicopters. And the helicopters are right there. Out, out the balcony window, you can see everything. It's like,
0: <laughs> damn, you know? Oh, fucking wild, dude. Yeah. And then?
1: So that's why I'm like literally going back there tomorrow to L.A. to try and hang out there for a while. Start again like a year later. I don't know. It's obviously not as crazy, but who knows?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think you should go check out Trilingua again.
1: Yeah, I had a good time there for like a couple hours.
0: Oh, man, that's a fucking cool spot. Yeah, but
1: I'm gonna go, I'll am going to go down to Trilingua, and then I'll do that Big Bend, that 170. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to do that, but I just didn't have time to get to the race day here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'll be back there for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to come out to, to California, I think in February. Got to get back home, get my fucking van put together. That's like the first priority is to get my van put back together so I can have, you know, a race bike hauler, mm-hmm. take the dirt bike out, throw the fucking flat tracker in there, or the, the flat, the tank shifter that I'm yeah. working with. And yeah, and then I'm gonna, hopefully if I get that done, I'll come out to California and ride. I want to do the BDR. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's off-road, just fucking, Sand trails. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, California. What do you can do in California? Are you looking for a place to stay, you got a spot? Yeah, to stay? I got some
1: spots and stuff, but I don't know. I'm just sort of floating around right now. I'm not yeah. trying to not really make any big living decisions to like next year basically. Yeah. I don't know, but
0: What what have you done much of the Baja?
1: No, not yet.
0: Okay, yeah. that's what you should do. Yeah. For real. It's paved. Like a beautifully paved road. All the way down to the tip, mm-hmm. and there's just fucking cool places to stop the whole way. Yeah,
1: like
0: taco shops, like really cool, like place, like you know, just cheap motels and right on the fucking beach, and the people are stoked. And, yeah, and it's fucking beautiful, like that desert out there. I twist my arm. That's what it is down there. Yeah, except for with mountains and. It's fucking unbelievably beautiful. I didn't expect it. I don't know. I always thought it was going to be just like a flat desert.
1: Yeah, and it's paved all the way and nice, huh? A
0: fucking brand new paved yeah. highway. It's insane. And then you'll go by like these, these fucking like old gas stations that are like not gas stations anymore. This guy, uh, oh fuck, what's his name? Dude I met who does uh, tours with uh, Jim Rawhide, Rawhide Cycles. Mm-hmm. He, uh, guy's towards down there anyways he drops a pin he's like go by this fucking gas station you know it's not a gas station anymore like there was actually like some weird shit going on (laughs) it's like go around to this back room and just look at it just fucking put your head just stick your head in that fucking door and there wasn't even a door but you stick your head in there and it looked like somebody had cut up like 10 people with a chainsaw
1: Oh, that's Tuesday. Just
0: fucking splatter oh, all Jesus. over the fucking walls. Like,
1: what is it, the butcher?
0: I don't know. Oh shit. I don't fucking know, <laughs> dude. It's like...
1: I'm looking for a quesadilla.
0: Uh, well, you can buy a quesadilla not <laughs> yeah. far from there, dude. But then, like all the fucking saguaro cactuses, mm. it's Brian. It's fucking
1: beautiful. Nice, I like that.
0: And there's like. So when you hug, like, the inside, like, go down San Felipe and go just f- fucking south of San Felipe, that's really, you don't even have to go all the way. Like, ride down to San Felipe and go past San Felipe, and there's, like, all these little, I don't know, little communities along the beach. There's, like, trailers and just interesting fucking people.
1: And... You bring your bikes into the motel rooms and then stuff like that? No, you, you don't know? have
0: to down there. It's not like Mexico. It's like Southern California except for cheaper. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's no, it's not like Hell, I don't even in Mexico I don't do that shit. Nobody's fucking stealing my chopper. <laughs> yeah. I am concerned <laughs> I wanna do a trip down there on the and that'd be the other thing. If I don't go do the B D R, like if my van's not done, I don't have enough time to do that, I am gonna at least zip down into Mexico with the Pan Am just to yeah just take it into mexico uh but it does concern me, you know, staying places with that pan am more so than my chopper, mm-hmm. with it like getting jacked my chopper, most people you know they're not into vintage things down there, yeah, you yes, know like so,
1: yeah, it's not shiny,
0: yeah, that my chopper, they're like that looks like work, you know like, <laughs> Looks like it needs
1: work. That 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 bike seat's gonna fall off when I do a jump.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, so Sturgis, you heard me talking about this with Magic Mike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, that's just an idea that crossed my mind. Doing a fucking chopper jump. He's got the facility. He's got the fucking hill. It wouldn't take much to like build a. I mean, I think if I do it right. I can build a jump and a landing that's like, you know, the harder you hit it, the better, the landing will work when you hit it fast or slow.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but it would be cool, because a bunch of people have talked shit about wanting to jump their chopper.
1: Well, I'll be there with a the camera.
0: Okay, and I'm like, all right. that And I and that crossed my mind, like, all right, well, I'm fucking, I'm gonna use Brian Helm as part of the advertising. Like, hey, look, he took this shot of me. Come out and get your shot. That, by, phone, by Brian Helm jumping your chopper over the fucking Bulldog Creek. I gotta come up with a name for that place, like yeah. that jump spot.
1: No, that was so funny that day, that morning. Mm-hmm. Just laughing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking, that was a trip. That was a good one. That was a fucking <laughs> good one. You're like, hey, how about right here? And I'm like, ah, if I go up there, I'm gonna jump it. <laughs> you're like, like right now? And I'm like, yeah, right now.
1: I'm like, go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. That was good. That was that fucking. That was a good photo. That was a real good photo. That was a sweet job mm-hmm. I see that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Random places. People send it to me. Yeah. They're like, hey, check this out. And it's like <laughs> choppers, tits, and guns, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever, <it is. laughs> Whatever the page is, you know? Oh my god, that's sick! Somebody else is using that photo
1: everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. How do you deal with that? Like, what is oh, what just, is the protocol? Like, like, I mean,
1: Wild West stuff. You know, it's like if it's like advertising stuff, you got to try and there's you know, some yeah like cease and desist. There's some monetary suits you can put out there, but you know, it's like I've I've seen some of my stuff. Like the HA is using it for something. Ah, just let that one slide. Or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, you're not gonna send them a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm Brian Helm. This is my address. <laughs> we need to talk about this.
1: I want to. Could you send $500 for that photo that, yeah. that was in there for your, uh, for your party night? Yeah. <laughs> you know what?
0: Well, I'm. I'm uh... Oh, we'll talk about it later. But yeah. Yeah. People post stuff. It's like, yeah, if they're not making money off of it, you know, what, you know, is it worth the headache, you know?
1: Yeah. But it's... then
0: I also see like some of those pages. They're not making money, but they're building a following, right? Like, and I've followed some of these pages where yeah. mm-hmm. they're, they're just posting cool content. And then all of a sudden, bam, one day, they've got 300,000 followers, and then it turns into ads. Yeah. It's like it's like somebody's curating an audience just so that they can advertise to them
1: mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's this a lot of different <coughs> sort of models that people are using and just sort of... I don't know if it's underhanded or whatever, but it's definitely, I don't know.
0: Yeah, they just can, so they do it, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, you, so how long have you been been like, so you did some advertising stuff. You were, I mean, that seems like you got in right as the internet was getting popular, but before social media.
1: Yeah, but like the advertising was a lot more policed and stuff like that too, right? Because like, even with those companies, if they, they they have their use for six months or a year, if it goes over that, they just get charged again. And stuff like that. And I think a lot, a lot of the stock market, like imagery stock, um, was good way back in the day. And then they sort of made some mistakes with their, their pricing for, for web and everything else. And then it just, it just went to, to, to nothing. Because that was like second income for a lot of people, just from like old imagery that they would put in these libraries.
0: Oh, yeah, like where you go buy access to a, yeah. a library you on could, the internet. Yeah,
1: but now it's like, it's not really worth anything these days. It's, everything's been given away for free. But then yeah. so, social media, some people just don't understand. Like, maybe at least, you know, if someone uses a photograph for their site or whatever of mine, you know, it, you could just, at minimal, just tag it, right? With yeah. My name would be fine. But then some people will mess with the images, you know, they'll, they'll put a different color filter on it or something, and then they'll put their logo on it and stuff, like, for their, their brand or whatever. Like, that, that's obviously not cool, right? Because that's mm-hmm. being appropriated or whatnot, but... But it's it is hard to police and everything else. There are some sites that will search all your images for, uh, on the web you know, to see what things are being used. Oh, really? So then, if I see that in certain levels of use, then I'll have to um, they'll they'll send a letter or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's almost kind of like what the music industry went through, you know, where it's like
1: mm-hmm. yeah, with yeah, for like even, like just, a song on a, a Toyota commercial or a car car commercial or whatever. It's like yeah you can't just use someone's material to promote your brand without well, but, licensing
0: it uh, but before that, like you know just for the average user, you know like the stuff's just kind of the music's just out there for free to listen to, you know, like yeah. you can use it for whatever, but yeah, as soon as you're like using it for advertising,
1: yeah even some YouTube videos, right if you're just filming something and you hear a, there's a song in the background playing, it'll, yeah, it'll get, get flagged, flagged right for that it's shit. like, yeah. oh, you know.
0: What about people painting your photos?
1: Oh, painting? Yeah, Yeah, that's happened a lot, too. It's like like, if
0: they use your photo for reference and paint the exact same
1: thing. That's a tricky one, too. But you know, like Darren McKee, you know, like he calls me and asks, I'm like, yeah, sure, of course. You know, like I love his work and everything else. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that happens, too. It's like, you know, but sometimes that could be more more flattering than insulting, I guess, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But
0: yeah, photography. Everybody's a photographer now.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: How do you separate yourself from the cell phones?
1: Oh, the cell phones? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Well, yesterday, remember the cell phone photo of the group shot in yeah, the camera? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, it showed. Which one's it better? It showed. How,
1: how small was Carlos in the phone uh, one? Dude,
0: <laughs> that was hilarious. Nick pointed that out to me. I'm like, oh my God, Carlos is almost not even there.
1: Yeah, and but like I said, it's just you know I'm not too self-conscious about my ability and stuff too, so I just do my own thing, you know. Yeah. Like there's, I've met some of my idols, my ph- photography idols, and like like master guys and like. They're super cool. They're always like super happy, you know, like they'll tell you anything, whatever, because like they're not worried about anything, right? Yeah. You know, like but they're, who, the, they're who, the top. Who were
0: you meant? Like, who were the people you look at? Well, up it's to? like,
1: well, back in the day it was like Richard Avedon, you know, like all the Midwest portraits, American West, but he's long since passed. I never met him, but um, like Albert Watson was one of my favorite, or is one of my favorite photographers, you know, okay. so I see him at shows and stuff here and there. And
0: What's he photograph?
1: He's just old school, like, you know, people, music, fashion, rock and okay. roll, yeah. um, just just a master of his craft. You know, and then um, my friend uh, Frank Hockenfeld, um He actually, I'm going to go. I'll see him in L.A. Um, he's just a lot of celebrity and music, and you know, movie gallery posters and a lot of fine art and a lot of like. And he's also like an artist. You know, like painter and illustration. Um, just you know, they're just the coolest, right? Cause yeah. They know what they do, and then. Nothing to worry about. right?
0: Well, uh, do, you have, do you ever do any of those art exhibits here in America?
1: Oh, uh, um, I've showed some stuff. I haven't had a solo show here in the States, but I'm trying to always shop around um, spaces. But I think this, this work that was in Toronto, I'm going to try and get to Germany, I think, is the next stop for that. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to add some more images to that. Everything is framed, and we'll just crate it up and ship it over. So I'm trying to find some spots there. So, do
0: you have have you done any books or anything?
1: No, I'm trying to have a few of those projects. I'm sort of prepping to try and get some, some books going, yeah. But yeah, that's definitely the the next sort of step for me. You now, sort of,
0: yeah, put it in a collection that people can, purchase. yeah,
1: exactly, and sort of validate some more of the work over the years. And will it be like, like
0: a coffee table, or something like a lookbook, or will you do words? Or,
1: um, I have like. One project is some like sort of like words and anecdotes and a little um a little flavor, but never th- and then some other ones are just have like a forward and then um and then the imagery. Gotcha. Depending yeah. which project it is, but nice, nice. Yeah, so that's the the next goal to get those rolling, pushed out. like, like pre COVID, I had those like the, they were sort of prepped some of these projects and then sort of. Not not fizzled up, but it that, but it got put all on that the shelf.
0: Time during COVID I know it's like <laughs> I gotta get so much
1: done. I'm gonna fucking read all this. I'll do everything, and then it just it just turned into cooking and collecting poisonous plants, basically. Oh, and then that's it, awesome! I mean, not that's messing it. around on the bike.
0: I like that. You're riding. Yeah. Cooking and collecting poisonous plants,
1: <laughs> yeah, or or they have spikes or poisonous, either or.
0: Really? So you got like, where do you keep your garden?
1: Well, I to to have that when you live off. Of I know bike, I, I left right? them. I left them at two of my friends' houses. They're sort of pissed, but like. <laughs> <it's> like
0: <laughs> oh, at least they don't bark.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're like cactus stuff. You don't have to water them much, or whatever.
0: No, you don't. No,
1: you don't have to water them. Much. Well, I it. want to
0: thank you for those prints that you sent me.
1: Oh from no problem.
0: Tennessee, that those are fucking beautiful. Family first. Family first. That's right. Yeah, uh, actually, we're framing one up to give to my dad. We're going to just give them, it's hard for me to hang a big photo of myself in my <laughs> yeah. house. I do have one photo of me in my house that I'm like, I wanted to keep up. Uh, but yeah, it'll be cool to have, you know, my family have that stuff. Like mm-hmm. can see
1: it. Yeah, and I think it's nice to have some tactile stuff and real oh, prints, no, right? It it's really like, is. You know, people have everything on hard drives, it's not the same. You could just like open, open a drawer and see a photo that you, that you didn't expect, right? You're not going to see that opening no, up file. we are pretty the big
0: on that, getting yeah. photos printed. Yeah, it's I old mean, school. When I say we, my wife's mother, she's always like stealing the photos that we send her text messages. Uh, yeah. And then she has them printed. Oh, Gives nice. Yeah. Yes, books. Well, that's another thing the family's been doing is like just making books. You know, because you can like get online and give oh, yeah. them a bunch of your cell phone photos mm-hmm. and put it in a book, you know, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's like, that's because I come from that old school style too, right, of printing and everything else. So it's yeah. trying to keep that more alive in my process and everything else. And no, it's a beautiful thing. And then I just, it's, I think it's nice to give to friends and you know, photos and m- memories and whatnot. Yeah. You know?
0: Hell yeah, it is. Actually, the, the Chopper Jump is going in my buddy's, uh, he's got like, they just bought this place in East Texas. They got like you know, a store where they sell all their goofy t shirts, but then in the back they got this fucking giant white room. Oh, nice. Where they got choppers. And that picture's gonna go on the wall out
1: there. Cool. Yeah, it'll be cool. it will be in good company.
0: Picture. I'll send you a picture when it gets out. <laughs> <that place. laughs> it's <laughs> a sweet spot. Sounds good. Yeah, you have to come out there to East Texas at some point and check out this new facility we got. <clears throat> when I say we, it's not my buddy's got it, uh, but it's got a sweet track. It's a fucking giant crater in the ground with a stage at the bottom and then like amphitheater seating which I mean it's just a grass field and oh. then there's these fucking old school cabins that surround the perimeter that all look down on the stage oh nice it's pretty fucking cool uh, I believe the rumor is they're going to do a Born Free Texas out there oh yeah uh, yeah we played out there a couple of times and it's, a, it's just a cool spot it's a fucking really cool spot
1: can't complain about that.
0: No, well, Brian, I'll uh, I'll let you get to your thing. I'm gonna I'll hit you up when I'm coming to California. Maybe we connect out there. At Sounds good.
1: Point.
0: If you come back through Texas, come on down to the shop. Sounds good. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Beautiful. Pretty fucking rad, right? Just happened to move in down the street from Indian Larry. I mean, yeah pretty wild. Pretty fucking wild. One of my favorite Canadians, Brian Helm, dude. Thank you for sitting down, taking time. Can't wait to see you again. Hopefully it'll be Well, I don't know. Maybe it'll be the mint again. I just I just don't know or fucking actually the first week in March at the Sons of Speed. Got to get on this bike. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope that your year is off to a fucking stellar start, I, uh, you know, we had a I had a very productive first of the year, it wasn't as, uh, you know, the harvest wasn't what I wanted it to be, but I was able to harvest a lot of information and learn some things this first week, and I really would like to get some of that meat in the freezer to feed my kids, and uh, so I can grow up some fucking just naturally badass motherfucking kids that are fucking harnessing elk energy. Elk energy. Elk energy. But, uh, you know, just got to keep going forward. um, Dude, go to mcshoptees.com. Sign up now. Do not miss another month of T-shirts. I, uh... Dude. What in the... Fucking tarnation. I didn't even talk about DangerDanceTalkShop.com. The Patreon, dude. Wow. We do have some giveaways for this year. I don't know what they're going to be. You know, we gave away a Head motor, which is fucking rad. I got to call that guy up. I should record it. I'm going to do that this morning. Shit, dude. Uh... Anyways, it took me a while to get a hold of the kid that won the shovelhead motor, and I got to dig back through my messages. Man, I've been on another trip, but we gave away shovelhead motor. What are we going to give away this year? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'm going to come up with something rad, though, so go get signed up now, DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Uh, Lowbrow Customs is always there, kicking in $100 gift cards every month. So, you always got a chance at winning a $100 gift card to lowbrowcustoms.com. Check out lowbrowcustoms.com, dude. They are a ton of fucking help. I'm going to be building this tank shift race bike with a lot of their help. They're, uh, you know, they got the parts, dude. Go check them out. And they ship that shit fucking quick. So, anyhow, get in where you fit in. Thanks for listening. Check out. Uh, the gram at Danger Danimal, if you're not following me there, it's Danger Dance Talk Shop on Facebook, uh, YouTube. You can check out the video from the Mint 400 at the Grand Teton Harley-Davidson YouTube page. Uh, you can find the links through my post in or on the gram or on Facebook or look up Grand Teton harley Davidson. Uh, thank you, Greg, for sending those guys down. I really appreciate it. That video turned out great. I didn't mean to call y'all kids in this podcast. I'm just a fucking dick. But, uh, you know, love you guys. All right. Talk to you next week.